Massey with one out. Took a ball just outside. Cardinals have left 10 men on, and they left a lot of men on early. Had a runner at third, nobody out in the first and didn't score. Second and third, one out in the second and didn't score. Smith, Corks went into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2 to two and a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Happy New Year. Today is the start of the 2018 baseball season. And in St. Louis, it's a, that's a big deal. You know, fortunately, right now it's raining outside, but fortunately the Cardinals are starting the season in New York, and I believe the weather's pretty good there. So hopefully next week we'll have uh, great weather for the Cardinals' home opener. But, uh, you know, want to get things started, and uh, I think no better way than to have a panel podcast. Great um Great panel we have. They'll introduce themselves throughout the episode. It's a long one, so I'll, I'll try to keep this uh, keep this intro short. But uh, yeah, really excited about uh, about the baseball season. Have been a fan for a number of years. It's always exciting to start a new baseball season. For me, it's spring. It uh, signifies the springtime, and uh, looking forward to some great weather and that summer weather. I want to thank my my sponsors who have been very supportive and welcome back Mike Albashan of Premier Insurance Agency. Mike uh, started out as a sponsor of the show in some of the early episodes and uh, he is now back, so welcome. You can find him at uh, premierinsuranceagency.com. Check the show listing. The link is there. His phone number is there. As always, Dr. Mark Holland, chironrehab.com, mystlouischiropractor.com. Check out Dr. Holland. I uh, want to thank uh, uh, my good friends, Christy and Tom Holman. Tom is just a huge Cardinals fan. They are currently out in San Francisco. So he'll catch games on television and then uh, playoffs. And just, you know, I always enjoy talking baseball with Tom. Uh, great guy. And I want to thank Christy and Tom for their continued support. We started this episode out with the classic Jack Buck call. I mean, no better way to start a baseball episode than with uh, a clip from Jack Buck. Just an amazing sportscaster and you have St. Louisans have always been blessed to have to have him for so many years so it's uh you know it's fitting to do so but also want to thank our featured artist Hobo Kane you can check out his music at hobokane.com you can find me at kencalcaterra.com have uh, many shows coming up uh have a lot in the can so getting a getting a good momentum here Tony West who is uh, somebody I met down uh, when I was working down at Bush Stadium he uh cameraman for sports hockey baseball just an amazing guy amazing filmmaker he'll be coming up uh in the next episode talking about his documentary so we'll get more to that but uh once again kencalcaterra.com follow me on social media at kencalcaterra on twitter facebook uh conversations with calcaterra you can uh, go to SoundCloud. Everything's connected, so go to the website, kencalcaterra.com. You can find me there. You can link up on social media. would love to keep this conversation going on social and uh, just hear what you guys have to say, some of your great uh, cardinal memories and all those good things. So here they are, my, uh, my esteemed panel, who you'll learn more about throughout this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, here's to Cardinals baseball. Let's go, Birds. All right, we are here on another edition of Conversations with Calcaterra, and it's a themed episode, and we are talking about baseball. I know there's a high anticipation for me for the baseball season. It's like that rebirth. 
springtime, summertime, uh, you know, after these winter blues and uh, getting ready for baseball in general for the pure fan, purest fans out there. And uh, we have a lot of Cardinal fans sitting around the table right now. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Ken. Hey, what's happening, Ken? So the question is, are you more excited about baseball or are you more excited to get out of the winter? A little bit of both. The winter, yeah, I'm getting tired of that. It's uh, I like change of seasons, but yeah, winter's just <laughs> done with the cold. I think March is the worst month um, just because you get a little taste like we had a couple days ago here in St. Louis. You get like a 60 degree and sunny day and then all of a sudden you get a blizzard yesterday, which was brutal. It just <laughs> I mean, I can deal with January and February if it's going to be ass biting cold. I'm cool with that because I know what to expect. Exactly. But I hate having to watch the weather, go to the weather channel all the time to find out what it's going to be like 20 minutes from now. And I make the mistake on those warm days. The next day, I don't wear a coat because I'm thinking like, oh, hey, it was just 70 degrees. Right. And then it's 25 degrees. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's horrible. But we'll see how it starts. I mean, I know there's been some opening days where it's been kind of cold. And then it takes a while for the guys to get ready just, just in that cold weather. But opening day, that's just opening day is, especially in St. Louis, it's it's one of those situations where it's it's a bit of a holiday. And a lot of times people take their kids out of schools. What does opening day mean for all of you? Well, I think, oh, go ahead, Pat. When my son was younger, the oldest one, I would take him out of school and we would go to opening day. We did that about two or three years in a row. And then I, I think they'd moved it to the evenings then. And so it wasn't a day game any longer. And then it wasn't as much fun. And I've never been to an opening day. So I have to get, get over there one of these times. I'm actually excited about this year, um, and I guess, Pat, to your point, this is going to be a 6.30 start time. I'm used to the, the 3 o'clock where you can get down there, and it's you know maybe a little brisk in the morning, but it's going to, you know, hey, if it's sunny on an opening day, that party's a, you know, it's just, it's a massive madhouse downtown. It's hard to get parking because, you know, all the workers are down there for their normal jobs, and then, you know, there's 100,000 people down there for opening day festivities mm. but the problem is you get in the stadium at three four o'clock whatever it is and then the, the sun's going to go down now what do you got to do i mean i've been partying all day in shirt sleeves <laughs> you know drinking the man sodas having a good time <laughs> now all of a sudden it's going to get chilly so you know i'm usually heading over to where that they you know you got to sign up for a, the post dispatch or some credit card so i can get a a, a blanket a fleece whatever they're giving away <laughs> right. for free because i'm too cheap to buy an 85 hour sweatshirt just for that one game too cheap. I don't know. That's smart to well, not buy an $80 sweatshirt. It's amazing. For me, the opening day is sort of a couple things. For one, I'm ready for opening day the day after the Super Bowl. It takes <laughs> way too long to get baseball back in, around for me. And uh, I'm not a winter fan at all, so it marks the beginning of spring for me. And <laughs> like the vindication that groundhogs could just like expire off the face of the earth. I'm fine with that. <laughs> get Got summer it. here early. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Stephen? Are you uh, Are you excited for opening day? You know, opening day in St. Louis is such a different experience than anywhere else I've lived. And, you know, I've lived in, you know, St. Louis is really the first time I've ever lived in a baseball town. I moved here in 04, and it is it is a holiday here. I mean, people take off. And I remember, I think it was, wasn't it last year that we had the doubleheader? There was like a Blues game early, and then there was a, the opening day was as at night last year. And I, believe you're I mean, right. the big concern was you know, people being dehydrated from consuming those man sodas all day, I think. So, uh, 
you know, I mean, it, it's a national holiday, and it's going to be really special for me this year because I'm actually a part of the opening day festivities in Ballpark Village. I'm going to be doing a live speed painting uh, before we kick off the game, so I'm really excited about that. So it's totally mixed metaphors. We don't kick off games in baseball, but, you know, whatever. That's fantastic. So it's great to be a part of that festivity and uh, enjoy that because it's just it's a lot of energy. Even on the television, you know, I find there's just a certain energy from watching Clydesdales. Uh, just uh, you parade around the stadium and then all the trucks and everything and seeing the, the ball players and just, and, and just the anticipation of what, what the season's going to be. I have to admit, I haven't watched opening days anywhere else, but from what I hear, you know, even players have commented that nobody's quite like us when it comes to the pageantry of opening day, getting all those Hall of Famers in those cars and seeing, you know, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson and Stan when he was around and Brad Shane Dean, Whitey and all the newer guys like Suter. You know, it's something else. Yeah, we're hoping for a Red Shandy uh, sighting this year. I know he's been in, in poor health uh, as of late, so it would be nice to get, you know, one more Red visit there to Bush Stadium, uh, God willing. So praying for that for sure. Amen. And when we talk about Red Shandy's, he's one of those classic Cardinals. And, and back in college, I worked up in the press box, and it was always cool to see that guy and just chat with him a little bit. And it's just uh, amazing to have those hall of famers and our, our next segment here we'll, we'll talk a little bit about favorite players or just play you know meeting those guys and, and i want to start with one story and at one point i'm sitting there and uh i would just my, my job was a great job i'd go there and collect these meal tickets for the press so i'd go there you know hour or so before the game and then work until the third inning and then didn't go do whatever and one day this guy comes up to me and uh this older gentleman and just reaches out his hand and he says, "How you doing, young man?" Eno Slaughter. I was like, that was just such a cool moment. Oh, man, got this this Hall of Famer, this guy that I've read these stories about, and you know he takes the time to introduce himself to me. It was just, I was just an amazing moment, and I was just a, a little awestruck. What about you guys? Any? Uh, and I know Stephen, you're you know you're meeting a lot of players with your art. What are some good stories and, and some interactions you've guys had, or just players who over the years have entertained and that you've just really uh, just been a little awestruck by their play in the field? Are we tossing that one to me? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, for me, um, of course, Ozzy. I mean, Ozzy's the guy that, you know, I absolutely uh, love. And although I know that, you know, Steve Flowers across the table, he's a. The biggest Aussie fan that there is. Um, but I mean, Aussie, he's just a good guy. And that's one of the things that I definitely respond to more um, is less of who they are on the field and their statistics because, I mean, that's their job. I mean, to me, it's it's so much about the character. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it may sound a little cliche, but I mean, it's why I like Adam Wainwright so much. He's just a genuinely good human being. Um, it's, uh, you know, even Kyle McLellan, you know, not the biggest name player ever, but, you know, what he does off the field, I mean, that really matters. And, you know, I do regret that, you know, I never had a chance to meet Stan the Man. Uh, I would have loved to have done that because I've heard nothing but great stories about him. But, um, but you know, those those are the guys that definitely jump out to me in my experience. And what about you, Pat? Oh, my gosh. I date back to Stan Musial on Grand Avenue, uh, past the stadium uh, on the way to school every day because I went to school on Grand Avenue. And uh, I got to see Stan Musial play, so that was very special, and I still have memories of that. Um, and then after that, Bob Gibson. 
He, he's got to be one of my favorite. Except that I put Stan Muser on my jersey when I bought one, but I think if I had to do it over again, I think I'd go with Gibby. Oh, you may just have to get another jersey. Or another jersey. But that, <laughs> I think the Cardinals yeah. would appreciate you buying another jersey, <laughs> since I'm not going to buy that $85 sweatshirt this year. Mm-hmm. And yep. w- what's a jersey go for down at the ballpark? A couple uh, hundred? 250 Yeah. <laughs> the authentic one, yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. I, and I, I think that's the way to go. Too. I mean, we all have our favorite players, but I think you can never go wrong with a Hall of Famer because their name is kind of etched in stone. And so, you know, that'll always be something that, that's just really great versus like you, you pick up a player that you really like and they get traded or something and then you feel a little. Well, that's, that's kind of right. wearing it. I like the uh, the underdog types, you know, or guys that maybe just don't get quite the, the street cred. Like Ryan Ludwig, when he came to town, was a guy with a lot of possibilities for cleveland but never really panned out there due to injuries in fact he probably shouldn't have been able to walk much by the time we got him but he you know pulled it together and put in two or three really good seasons for us now what i've invested in that 47 jersey with ludwig on the back i think it was 47 uh probably not um historically guys like tito landrum dane orge from the 80s cardinals uh you know just the rex, the, Hudler. rex he was, Hudler he was one of my all-time yeah. favorites but Okendo, the secret weapon, as Shannon would always Okendo, say. Okendo, I'd get a Okendo well, of jersey. Of course, he's, he's, yeah. had a, he's had almost the longevity as Shane needs to at this point, but you know he's he's been around for a long time. But as a player, he didn't have a starting role for much of his career, and you know yet you can't help but like the guy. You know, you always been out there and hustled his ass off every time. Yeah, Eckstein's another one of those right. guys that uh, is one of those players that that even if you know they're on a, a couple years, you, you just you know you love those kind of guys. And yeah, it, you know what. Um, Obviously, you know, I've had an experience with meeting a lot of guys um, just with, you know, just, you know, I'm an autograph hound. You know, I like going after guys for autographs. Uh, I've been a big sports memorabilia collector, so I've helped out some companies when they've had um, autograph, you know, baseball card shows and things like that. So I've had a a great time doing things. I mean, I've traveled the country doing it a little bit and met a lot of great guys. Um, Musial was awesome. I mean, I, I had a chance to sit with him for a couple hours while he was doing a signing. And, I mean, somebody came through the line. I can remember it was, you know, some girl. I, I couldn't even tell you how old, 18, 20, something like that. And she was getting something signed, her and her boyfriend, and, and she said it was his birthday. And he stopped, like the whole show, took out his harmonica <laughs> and played yeah. her happy birthday. I mean, it was unbelievable. And this guy, I mean, he was in his 80s. And, I mean, just... He was awesome. And I think to your point, um, Steve-O, just genuine people, uh, just dudes, you know, somebody that you would, like, just love to sit there and just talk to and and have a conversation with and not, you know, necessarily ask the, the stupid questions. Oh, my God, how cool is it to be an athlete? And, you know, you're making all this money. You can do anything. But just people you want to be around and talk to, and they talk back to you like you're just one of them. Ozzy was a lot like right. that. I got to play golf with him, and um, I'm a huge Ozzy collector. I mean, my basement's full of Ozzy game use stuff. I mean, I own the jersey he hit the Go Crazy Folks jersey home run in. So I'm sitting there. I'm getting ready to go play golf with him, and I told my wife, I said, here's the deal. Most likely, I'm going to come back from this and say, the guy's the biggest jerk <laughs> in the world. I am prepared to come home and list everything I own on eBay. <laughs> 
because there's no way in hell the guy's going to live up to the standard. I mean, I got him yeah, on a yeah. pedestal. I mean, that's like the saying of meeting your heroes. Um, it, it, yeah. He is my hero. Totally. He's the only guy I idolize. Yeah. Right? And we played 18 holes of golf, and we get done, and he signed the scorecard for me, and we're out of his car and, and, and packing the clubs away and, you know, saying our thanks and, you know, glad this was fun. And I said, hey. I got a compliment for you. He goes, what's that? I said, I was fully prepared to sell everything I own of yours because you couldn't live up to it. I said, not only did you live up to my expectations, you far exceeded them. I mean, that's how, and he was just a good dude. And I think that's, you know, you put Musial yeah. in there. Uh, others that I've I, I've met are just like that. But those are my top two. I have, hey, a, yeah. I have a quick Aussie story of my own. I literally, literally ran into him at Deerbird's. I was running in to get some food um, late for my work, and I was, you know, kind of half jogging past the line, wasn't really paying attention as I was running in, right as he comes out of one of the lanes, and I bumped into him, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, and I took two more steps, like, oh my God, Ozzy Smith, I am so sorry, and I almost went down on my knees, like, please beg forgiveness from the wizard, and uh, he was like, oh no, son, it's okay, I'm like, no, 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 I know your rotator cuff's really messed up, are you, are you, are you sure you're okay, I can call, you know, I was ready to run him to the hospital myself if I had to. <laughs> I don't honestly remember if he was still playing then or if Royce Clayton had taken over at that point, but I was like mortified that I literally knocked a shoulder, you know, into Ozzie Smith. That's cute. And I, and I think when you talk about those kind of guys, like a Wainwright and Ozzy and, and Musial, when we, we talk about those kind of guys in a clubhouse, that it's that kind of energy in those kind of guys that you have a cohesive clubhouse. And, and not to get you know, I enjoy this conversations going, but segue a little bit where we look at all these unsigned free agents right now. And mm -hmm. even though Lance Lynn did good for us, you know, I don't, I don't know the guy. And if there's something, maybe clubhouse chemistry or something like that, or it's years being signed. So we look at, there's so much more. We're in a day and age and, and Steve, I'll have you introduce yourself, um, Steve Flowers in a moment, but, uh, you're part of a show, Two Birds on a Bat, and that's one thing that you guys talked about is a lot of these stats. And a lot of times you may get a guy with those stats, but he may not have that clubhouse chemistry or have that kind of attitude uh, that's cohesive to, you know, to, to a team, and it may be that one abrasive type guy. So that's just, you know, the other mm -hmm. side of the story and that personal side, which I think is very important. And, you know, I think that's why Stan Musial was a lifetime Cardinal and, and why he's just the guy he was. Yeah, but people kept signing Barry Bonds, even though most people would have regarded him as kind of a jerk for most of his career. I mean, being, you know, having the stats, the numbers you on the field and asking for X number of millions may or may not get you signed. I think it comes down to just mostly to the way metrics are done today, more so than player chemistry. I mean, you can buy a, a winning team without having a whole lot of chemistry on it. But look at the Yankees. There was that year where they just had all those high high price players and they weren't doing much. Sure. You know? so there's well, I mean, something to be said for chemistry, but I don't Washington. know. Washington. You can't put a price on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's an it's an intangible. Um, you know, and there's those guys that that are hated. If you play against them, you hate them, but if they're on your team, you absolutely love them. Uh, you True. know, there's something True. to be said about those guys. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's one of those, you know, if you're playing against Joey Votto, I'm right. a I'm a big Votto guy, uh, and I absolutely hate him. I yeah. absolutely hate I, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he looks in a uniform. I don't like his anything about I absolutely hate him. I think if he was on the Cardinals team, I'd go buy a jersey. 
You know, because for I two hundred fifty dollars, yeah, for two hundred fifty dollars, yeah, yeah, because he's probably <laughs> that guy. You're like, yeah, he's an ass, but he's our ass. Right. You know, well, Will sure, Clark sure. when he came to town, nobody liked Will Clark. We're like, yeah, we got Will Clark. <laughs> exactly, he started the fight with Ozzy. You know, right. oh, way back yeah, when, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Flowers, introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are, what uh, what you have going on, and we'll make that introduction here. Um, Steve Flowers. Friend, uh, friend to you, right? Well, thank you. Uh, yes. So we, um, I, I don't know what to say. What do I say? I'm a mortgage guy by day. Yeah. Tell tell your business. If okay. anybody you yeah. know has any mortgage needs, Steve gave me some great advice uh, on just you know just filled me in on yeah. home equity loans, and he doesn't really deal with those anymore. So that's why I mean, to me, stand up guy that's going to take the time to educate me when that's something that's not going to benefit him. Absolutely. So I've been in the mortgage business for about 25 years now. Work for a company, USA Mortgage, here in St. Louis. Uh, everything's local. Uh, matter of fact, the employees own the company. So that's as of Oh, I love just, those kind of companies. Yeah, recent news uh, that came out. So excited to be a part of that organization. Been doing it for a long time. My wife is actually a, a partner with me. So she's in the business uh, after 14 years at staying at home with the kids got her in about three years ago uh we live in edwardsville illinois like i said i got a 15 and a 17 year old uh spent a ton of time with them with early athletics and now they're both in high school so i was able to find some time and and started a couple of podcasts with a a podcast company over there in edwardsville lineup media group so i do a st louis cardinal fan podcast it's called two birds on a bat Uh, i host it with um jim cromer and a guy named benji molina who's a brother of uh, oh, a famed St. Louis Cardinal catcher, Yachty Molina. Yeah, and Benji was, uh, you uh, You connected us, and Benji was a, a guest on Conversations with Calcaterra, and he's just, that guy's energy, I just love it. He's so unbelievable. Thank you enough for that. And then uh, probably my most hated uh, but most listened to podcasts is our Dallas Cowboy font podcast. So uh, around here, the the people kind of I know Pat's over there chuckling. <laughs> she was she told a very colorful story, uh, pun intended, Pat, uh, about her experience with the Cowboys. But we do that um, on the off time and and, and enjoy uh, the mortgage business as well. That's fantastic. And I collect Ozzy Smith memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. So and, and I'll list your uh, your number that can reach you if anybody has any mortgage needs. Um, but uh, back to players, and I would say looking at, you know, I mean, I, I don't think we can move on without talking about Willie McGee. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, I know. Pat, or Pat let's, uh, what about Willie McGee did you love watching him play? He is so much fun, so full of energy, loves the fans. We love him. Um, I'm looking forward to opening day when he gets the largest ovation ever. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, than anyone, because he's just lovable. You can just tell how much he loves to play baseball and St. Louis Cardinal fans probably appreciate someone that plays that loves the game more than their ability to play the game and so when they can play like Willie did mm-hmm. and uh I, I think he won the um the MVP what, uh yeah the MVP a couple mm-hmm. years and uh the, what is it when you have the highest batting average the batting title he won two batting titles and the MVP in 85 yeah. I believe and uh, so he does stuff like that. But even if he didn't, he's just, you, you sense how much he loves the game and how much he loves the fans. Yeah, and he loves to, uh, loves to share that knowledge with the guys. He's been in the minor league system for a lot of years. And I think having him on the major league level is going to be, and, and getting Jose Okendo back, I think the team definitely, those defensive mistakes and uh, the running mistakes will, 
will uh, be improved. Stephen, have you uh, have you created any artwork featuring Willie McGee? And I should know this, but I don't recall. You're you're putting out so many pieces nowadays that I can't even keep track, my friend. Yeah, it's like if you blink, well, maybe I'll have created one in the meantime. But no, Willie is he's on my my hot list of guys that I want to do, and you know the one piece that I want to paint is of him robbing the home run in the Brewers against in the, yes. uh, against the Brewers series. You know, I mean that's that's the one that everybody wants. And I've had a number of people ask me, "Have you painted Willie? Have you painted Willie?" And he he's at the top of my list, and um, you know I I'll probably be motivated to get up on that one as soon as I know when he's got his next autograph signing. Um, and I think he, he probably does like one or two a year. Maybe he'll do more staff now. So, but, you know, fingers crossed for that. I was, I was hoping that he was going to be opening later this month on the 24th and the 25th. I don't know, Fallon, Illinois. But, um, but he's not going to be there. But, you know, Vince and Ozzy and Bob and Lou Brock and some of the other guys will be. And, and what show was that? Because our feed kind of cut out. And this will let the audience know, Steven's in quarantine right now. He's... Uh, get a little bit of a cold and, and didn't want to infect the rest of us, so we appreciate that. But what, what, show, what show are you talking about? Yeah, so this is the three-day super show. It's put on by Collector's Corner, and it's held in O'Fallon, Illinois. It's at Gateway Classic Cars, and it starts on the 23rd. That's really like the preview night. The night when, or the days when uh, athletes will be there to sign autographs is the 24th and the 25th. Um, I'm looking at the lineup right now. Jim Edmonds will be there, Terry Pendleton, uh, Vince Coleman, Ozzy, Suter, Herzog, uh, and some of the the guys that typically don't do shows, Preston uh, Gibson, Brock, uh, and then... Then randomly, we have wrestlers Sting and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat who will be there. So uh, that's right up your alley, Jeff. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a wrestling theme show oh, yeah. at, at some point. But uh, <laughs> but back to baseball. Uh, one one more quick Willie McGee story, and I love the fact that you know you brought up that play because we're gonna talk about memorable moments and and plays next. But um, and I was telling. Um, Ben Hockman, this uh, he was he was on uh, a few episodes ago. I'm not sure the order these are going to be, but uh, when I guess it was a year Willie's going to retire. I worked, you know, aforementioned press box, and they had me helping out in the clubhouse. And usually I'm very professional, and I just kind of keep to myself, do my job, and and leave. Not not that fun, and those not great stories. But um, but Willie McGee was just standing there, and I think he not much was going on. I think he nobody was talking to him at that point. And uh, I was just like, you know what, I I will not I I will be so mad at myself if I don't say something because I you know just loved his play on the field. And I just went up to him and I said, thank you for the great memories. Shook his hand and it was he was just so humble. Mm-hmm. It was just such a cool moment. So it was like I'm, you know, I'd been pissed off if I you know I'd be having a lot of regrets if I if I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It aggravates me a little bit when I go to the ball game and look out in the left field and I don't see 51 on the retired wall. Yes. Nobody else really is going to want that number anyway, so just retire it. <laughs> yeah, I would. That would be a case for retiring a guy's number that's not in the Hall of Fame. Like the Blues do with Bobby Plager and a couple other people. So why yeah. not do it with Willie McGee? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they if they ever soften their stance on that. Um, you know, Plager obviously being, you know, such a part of the community, you know, for years and years and years is has helped i think with that yeah uh it's going to be nice to get willie back 
Uh, and I'm I'm going to be curious to see if Willie or Jose gets the biggest ovation mm. on opening night. I could see o- right. Okendo getting uh, the we'll bigger get the bigger one. You know, I think they're looking forward to seeing what he's doing. And now you can get a decibel meter on your phone. <laughs> so I think we should download Let's one do of those. That. Yeah. yeah, and then that'd be some great for uh, make some two noise. Words. Yeah, absolutely. That, maybe that would be the poll question on one of the episodes, and we'll we'll there try to we'll try to see who gets the. The higher one. Can we put odds on that, or there, is there a futures bet in in I, Vegas on I'm that one? I'm sure there is. You can bet on anything in Vegas. We'll get uh, get a hold of somebody over there and set that up. Uh, Pat, you know what I love? Between now and opening day, the Post Dispatch will probably have an article listing all the dates that we're supposed to take sick days, and they will put the Cardinal schedule up on you know online yeah no doubt on on the in the paper and it's so cute because they'll have a headline that says plan your sick days and then they'll have the cardinal schedule definitely i'll have to talk to ben about that as well and uh gotta be a column for him who's you know william mcgee jose akendo all that i mean it's, it's it's great stories and that's one of the fun things about baseball not just the games but just little tidbits like that, and that's a lot of fun to talk about. Um, so memorable moments. Um, Pat, do you uh, have a memorable play that stood out over the years? You know, go, going to see the Cardinals since the 1950s, I've got a lot of them. But one of my favorite recent ones was 2011 World Series. Chris Carpenter's pitching, first inning, and he dives to make an out at first base. And all I could see was that guy stepping on him and ending his career right there. Uh, but we went on to win that 2011 yeah, World and Series. And that was a great play. That was one that came to mind for me. Uh, just, yeah, what a what an amazing play. I wish somebody could capture that in some sort of art form. Mm, <laughs> who would that be, I wonder? <laughs> Only if. Only if they had. Oh, wait, they had. And well, where can that art be found? This would be a good moment to introduce yourself, Mr. Stephen Walden. You see how I segue that? Yeah, that's great. You're <laughs> This guy's a pro right I'm, here. This I'm a Steve professional Flowers. host. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite pieces that I've done was that Chris Carpenter dive in the first. And that was when I did my very first uh, winter warm-up uh, convention. I always like asking people, what do you want to see next? And the answer I got most was, I want to see Carps dive into first base. And so and that became, uh, it was bumped up on the list, especially when he was back in town. I guess it was uh, whenever he was inducted into the Cards Hall of Fame. So what was that, year before last? And um, and got that one signed. But, yeah, you can actually see it and my other work at stevenwalden.com, S-T-E-V-E-N-W-A-L-D-E-N.com. Really active on Facebook as well as Instagram, at Stephen Walden. Uh, and not so much no. there as well. We lost our um, feed there a visual. second. It kind of wigs out every now and then. Say, say that last part again. Sure. Which part do I need to start from? Oh, man, my mind just went blank. But you were saying not so much, I guess, on a, on a certain social media or something. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at Stephen Walden Art, and also I'm really active on Instagram at Stephen Walden on there, S-T-E-V-E-N-W-A-L-D-E-N, and always posting things and uh, whatever I've got in the hopper at the at a given moment. So. And I think there's a hint out there for uh, a Christmas or Mother's Day is coming up in, uh, mm. in a, just a month or so. So, yeah, StephenWalden.com, if any of the minutes are listening. <laughs> it's a great, great uh, rendering. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I will be looking for that. 
<laughs> I don't know. I hope they listen to this show every now and then, or at least this episode. Um, what, Jeff, what about you? What's a what's a memorable moment that stood out? Oh, there's been a few. The the one play, and I'm sure you'd appreciate this, Steve, where Ozzy's running hard tilt out into the outfield, and he just misses the outfielder diving for the same ball and catches it. Yeah, Kurt Ford, I think it was, wasn't it? I can never remember if it's Ford or Lonnie. But I think it's Ford. Was it Ford? Yeah. Amazing play. Uh, Brummer stealing home is probably the greatest call I've ever heard outside of Jack Buck's legends, but uh, Mike Shannon's just screaming, Brummer stealing home, and they don't even make the call of the pitch because even the umpire was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> that guy was slower than Yaddy, and, uh, you know, he, he made it. Um, yeah, I mean, through the years, there's just so many things. Uh, watching Wainwright drop three Uncle Charlies right down Beltran's chute in, in the playoffs at that time was pretty amazing too. Oh, that was, uh, what, 2006, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, that's the um, going back to the podcast. Benji and uh, Polo Asensio came over for dinner one night. Towards the end of the season, they were getting you know they are done with their all their announcing for the Spanish radio broadcast, and and we had them over for dinner and laid out a big spread for him. And he's walking around in the basement, my man cave that's decked out in sportsman <laughs> and and uh, he goes, "Yo, Steve, oh man, where's uh where's all the yachty stuff?" <laughs> so I got my plug in there. I said. I said, Benji, man, I need something. He goes, Well, what do you need? And uh, you know, my, I need jerseys, cleats, hat. No, and I said, Yeah, my, I actually need the. To- I told him I had two eight by tens. They're both of that Uncle Charlie call on Beltran. One of my favorite pictures. Uh, just unbelievable where he starts jumping up. You see the umpire punching him out. Yeah. Beltran's looking defeated, and everybody in section one oh seven in up there at Shea Stadium is just dumbfounded. It's a great photo. So I think it was a couple of years ago they ran an article where they interviewed him. I think it was the 10-year anniversary, right? 2016, right? Right. So even to this day, he's still like, I couldn't have fit that. There's no way in hell I would have ever caught up to any of those. It's he gives un- them all yeah. props. You know, he's It's like, unbelievable. So that's going to be – it's probably the next thing that goes into collection because uh, it'll be um, – start of the season and i'm gonna make sure benji gets that for me as soon as possible right on right on and you just i mean you can't i mean there's not one specific play that i can remember but just edmonds always playing shallow mm-hmm. and then running out to the outfield and those like over his head basket the opposite type of catches. Willie McGee. yeah it's just Willie you know, played three feet exciting. off the off the uh, warning track and uh edmonds played three feet behind second base sometimes that's that's crazy in person i think the um the two most memorable would be the the Edmonds catch, the catch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that was a playoff game. We were there. I mean, the ball was hit in the gap, and I'm like, and and you know, you just start. There's no, I can't believe it. We're not going <laughs> to win, and he chases the ball down. Incredible, but probably the one that nobody would ever think about is I was there when Ankiel blew up. I was there too. Ooh, yeah, and I that I was that. the one, and we were sitting and uh, we were behind the plate, whatever the loge section was, and. and and just watching ball after ball go to the backstop, just like holy crap! This we're watching an absolute train wreck right now. If I'm not mistaken. Didn't somebody strike out during that though? Like they were. I don't know if the guy was so perplexed where the balls were going that he swung anyway. But I I can't. Re- I know he. It, it just there were so many wild pitches. <laughs> I, mean, I wish how, I could remember it yeah. all, but it would just it just remember being there and, yeah. and the feeling that you had watching this guy and you don't didn't know what was wrong you always heard about people getting the yips and not being able to throw to a base or something but if you're a pitcher and you can't throw to home <laughs> that's kind of the job you know <laughs> you are correct and then the guy went on to uh 
you know, to to be you know a solid player, you know, batter, and sure. uh, so yeah, it's it's a cool story. I haven't read his book yet, but it's a cool story. You implode like that, but you're still able to come back at the top level. I know Benji talks about that. Just the pressure being at the top level. There's nothing higher. I think a lot of people uh, were disappointed that because of all the the potential he had as a pitcher, um, who who knows what he could have been, but he was looked really really good that rookie year. But to to make a complete 180 and, and convert yourself from a, a pitcher to a position player and be able to contribute at the major league level. That is amazing. Yeah, and I think LaRusse even makes the point where he says that might have been one of the few times where he's ever cheered for somebody during a game. Uh, you know, when he makes his debut back as, as a fielder and he hits a home run uh, in that first game back. And, and you know, I think LaRusse teared up. I mean, it, it's that impactful. He's a softy. Yeah. <laughs> it, but that's you're right. It's impressive. And then to be 300 feet away from somebody and to be able to throw a complete strike to get them out running from second to third. Now, it, and I think everybody. That's pretty you know, amazing. Everybody probably looked at each other at the time and go, okay, get him to 60 foot six inches right. again. Let's see what he can do. He can throw strikes from right field to third, but not from home to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. Any other moments, um, Stephen? Any are I, I know you didn't grow up a Cardinals fan, but is there any moments um, just in, from your childhood in any baseball games or any kind of plays or that that you remember well, that were special? Well, I mean, I'm surprised that no one's mentioned Game Six yet. I mean, come on. I mean, it's True. one of those moments. It's like a, the modern. Kennedy, Kennedy assassination of, you know, you remember where you were the moment that Freeze hit that home run. And, um, and uh, you know, it's uh, that was, uh, you know, the greatest baseball game I've ever seen, you know, and that's outside of, you know, rooting for Cardinals. I mean, just the drama and the back and forth in that. I mean, it was it was absolutely, and then all the way down to, you know, uh, Joe Buck's call that, you know, echoed his dad. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that no matter how much the Cardinals are struggling, you pop in the game six highlight on YouTube, you know, it makes you feel better. I mean, that beats Xanax and Prozac any day of the week. <laughs> nice. And and Ben uh, was talking about the, the play beforehand, that triple that he hit. Yes. Um, and that was pretty exciting. I told Benji that as well when I talked to him, that I think personally uh, I, that the triple is one of the most exciting plays in baseball because you just, it keeps you on the edge of your seat you don't know what's going to happen and you know that guy turns second base and he's you know just given you know just that that gas tank is you know almost on empty and just do they get there and I, I just think that it's an amazing play I think I saw John Crook get a triple one time and they actually brought out a, a tank of oxygen to him at their desk <laughs> <laughs> well what I love is that uh it reminds me of Miracle on Ice because when the U.S. beat the Russians, it was like we won the gold already, even though we still had another game, I think, with Finland, you know, or, or another round. Um, most people have that misconception about that. Yeah. And then this was the same thing where we won that game six, and it was like, that was so exciting. And we still had to win game seven, but mm -hmm. it felt like we won the World Series right there. Yeah, that was just the energy in that in that moment was just amazing. It's kind of like when the they lost in '85 with Don Deckinger's call in the against the Royals. Oh yeah. People forget we had a game seven we could have won, mm -hmm. but we were so in our own heads we couldn't get anything done. And that was Royal a we. yeah, it was a blowout too. It wasn't yeah, even like close. 11 nothing, yeah, like that. eleven to one or something. It was, it was sick. But I mean, I guess you get that. Um, whenever that happens, I mean, it's hard to recover. I guess I don't know how those guys do it and you know maybe you know team usa or miracle on ice you know they just kept that momentum going because i think they played from behind the entire series in 80 um 
But to come back at, you know, in 85 and, you know, hey, we have one more left. I get if it was maybe yeah. happened in like the fifth inning, some bad call. But to happen in the the ninth is just. I don't know who you could have had come in as a motivational speaker after game six and say, oh, you can go out one more and get one for the Gipper and all that stuff. No one was going to. Yeah, they were they were done. <laughs> but, you know, it happened again in 87 with the uh, the twins. And nobody really talks about that. I think they blew a call in game six there, too, didn't they? No, they had the fans going toward the uh, well, there was that. The electric yeah, the fans. fans yeah. There was that controversy, in, but I could have sworn the, there was a blown call that it didn't quite get the same oomph as as uh, Deckinger did, but I'll have to go back and watch the the footage of that. I'm most positive they blew a call, and, and Game 7 was kind of another big letdown. <laughs> that place is eerie. I got to play a couple games up there in, in uh, the Metrodome. Mm-hmm. I think we played like 12 through college. We had a couple of spring trips of all places to go to the Metrodome. Um but yeah, I mean those fans are right there next to the uh, the dugout, and you can imagine, I guess, if they had them on, and I mean, like wind turbines just blowing mm. the balls out or whatever, <laughs> and you're like, holy crap, what's going on? And then if they would throw them the other way where they sucked in, I mean, it would grab anything, you know. I mean, if you had your glove laying there, it would pick a glove up and suck it in close to it, and you can, you know, it, just a flip the of the switch. Boy. Yeah, the bat boy stuck there exactly. It'd been crazy. <laughs> Pat, introduce yourself, and then I'll start with a, another question, okay. or another topic. Well, I'm just, I'm 67, I've got grandkids, and I've loved baseball all my life. I've been, uh, a sad story is I went to, uh, I spent the night outside the stadium in 1968 to get tickets for the World Series against Detroit, and I had a stadium coat on because it was cold that night, and when I went to go into the stadium and produce my ticket to get in, they were gone. Um, my sister's ticket and mine were gone. We kept them in my pocket. Oh. So somebody probably walked by. I'm not sure how it happened. Oh, it was like hanging out of your pocket and they just... Yeah. <laughs> yep. And oh. I was naive and young and uh, cried all the way home on the I'm Broadway bus. i cry all the way home now, too. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to cry right now. The 1968 <laughs> World Series. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I've been a Cardinal fan for a long, long time and uh, let the kids skip school to go to home openers and stuff like that. So, so you let the kids skip school. What did you do for a living? <laughs> yeah, I was a teacher. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had my sick days. <laughs> so, hey, Ken, I, yeah. her story brings up something. Out of all, all, all things, I had a buddy. Uh, we were in the mortgage business. He had just gotten married. This is uh, 2004. And he's down in like the Dominican or somewhere in the Bahamas. And it was in the middle of the summer. And he put like $1,600 on the Cardinals to win the pennant. And the payout was like $35,000. It was unreal. That's awesome. So he gets back from his honeymoon and he says, hey, man, he goes, I'm in this thing. You know, the Cardinals had just taken over first place from the Cubs. And he goes, here's what we're going to do. If I win this thing, no matter where we play in the World Series, we're going to go, I'm buying. I go, well, I'm, I'm in with you, man. <laughs> so it was him, his brother, and then myself and another guy from work. We're ready to go. Like, come on, we got to win this thing. And they beat the Astros in 04 to go to the World Series. And we actually had tickets to fly into New York because New York was up three games to none. Thinking, you know, you're buying your tickets a couple days out. All of a sudden, Boston comes back. So we fly into New York, drive up to Boston type thing. 
these guys in Boston are, you know, they weren't bad. They were glad we weren't Yankee fans, right? But they were saying, oh, you're going to need a ton of money to get in. Well, it didn't matter to me. I mean, it's this guy's money, right? <laughs> this is great. So we ended up buying the first night. We ended up getting hooked up with tickets for the second night, $500 a piece, um, standing room on, on the Green Monster. So we had that covered. So the for game one, we want to go. So we're down there looking for tickets, scalping them. I think Boston was one of the first teams that went to those electronic scan tickets right where everybody's now you know you walk in they yeah. just they no longer tear the stub so we ended up buying tickets two guys got them from one person one guy got it from this next guy get us from this it's 500 cash we get into the game ticket one good ticket two good ticket three good <laughs> ticket four nope not a good ticket it's already been used and the three of us are in the game now we turn around to this guy what do you do do you leave and oh we'll go help hell no <laughs> enjoy yourself we'll see ya we end up going in out of all things he he's walking around looking for a bar to sit in to watch somebody comes out seems in cardinal gear and they were part of the family and they had one extra ticket, gave him a ticket, so we got to go in for free. That's karma, awesome. man. Isn't it and karma? Who was the guy that didn't get to go in? Was it the guy that was paying? Or? No, 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 no. <laughs> if, if it was the guy that was paying, it would... Hey, hey, Mike, thanks, man. You got plenty of money. Just go buy another one. <laughs> so one... Oh, man. That's... But, Pat, just like you, I mean, you're talking about... You're not talking a, a $7 ticket anymore. It was 500 cash man and that's a lot of coin to be spending you just give it to somebody it's a lot of coin to be carrying downtown anyway yeah and then yeah. You, and we're in boston mm-hmm. so and then you're walking you know three or four blocks everybody's excited we're in standing room only it didn't matter we wanted to go to the game um and then we go in and this guy's just left out in the cold oh that's horrible and his typical buddies would do all right brother have a good time we'll see <laughs> We'll see you afterwards. Where did he wind up sitting? Did you know? In in the family section. So he was the only one in a seat. Oh, so you guys were standing room. We were standing room. That's good call. All over the stadium. He was in a seat. And I think he said at the the end of the game, they walked their fans out and had to walk like across the field somewhere to get out like Uh a wagon gate or I don't know. It was a long night, but uh, karma, like you said. That's cool. Yeah, that worked out well. And Jeffro, what... uh, when did you fall in love with baseball or really get the bug? I mean, I know we oh. met at the baseball card club in high school. That's right. Uh, 1982, I was a Cub Scout, and our whole pack went to the old, well, for me, old Bush Stadium. Um, at that point, I had no interest in sports. I had no interest in baseball, football, basketball, really? or hockey. And I was kind of like, do I have to do this, Dad? You know, I really didn't want to go. Uh, probably about the third or fourth inning, I'm like, I'm in for life. This was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um Started collecting baseball cards that year. I had the entire 1983 Tops run. I did it the hard way, pulling out wax packs and still chewing that bubble gum in That's 91. fantastic. <laughs> I had a big baggie full of it. I was using it like Chaw in, in uh, gym class. Um, yeah, I mean, and it never, never died. Also, I was a huge Cleveland Indians fan simply because, and this is going to be controversial, Chief Wahoo, coolest logo in baseball. And, and now everybody gets mad about it. It is an awesome logo. <clears throat> Yeah, I think I think it was you that I you know was strictly Cardinals, and then when I met you, then after that I had a White Sox hat and an Oakland right. A's hat. I don't know if I, I'm I don't know if I ever had a Cleveland hat. I but want, Major League watching that movie, <laughs> it was like yeah, you have to 
you know, you watch that movie, it's like, I got to get a Cleveland hat. I desperately so cool. want a Jose Altuve jersey, but the old, like, 80s Astro style. I would love to have the throwback jersey with Altuve on it because that dude is bad right now. <laughs> five foot six, bad dude, man. They might awesome. be lying at that, too. They, uh, yeah, they might be five foot four. He is unbelievable. <laughs> he makes Eckstein look like Andre the Giant. And he's one of those guys, you know, try not to get too, you know, get away from the nostalgia uh, for a minute. Right. But he's one of those guys. And I think it was, I was listening to Two Birds today and they were talking, uh, Benji was talking about how they have him on a long-term contract that they signed when he was so young. So they're getting, it's a steal that they're getting for that guy. Yeah. You know, those are hard things to do. I, I assume we can tie this back into the Cardinals with them just signing our, our, our boy Rodney D. Young. Uh, yes. to the long-term contract but that's a local joke folks it is a local joke so you're you're out there in the nation somewhere think young rodney d young <laughs> he better be a sponsor now. he never lets me down with that I, I, it's, I always wait when i'm listening to their show when when he's on there like okay is he gonna throw out a rodney d young it cracks me up every time absolutely but you know i, I mean i guess you got to take the chance it, if you think of the the economics of it it makes sense fans hate it what do you what do we have in in Rodney D Young right now? We don't know. We don't know if we got a shortstop, a third baseman, if the guy's going to go into a a Diaz slump, tailspin, if, if Colton Wong tailspin or Grichik tailspin or if he's going to be Pujols. So, but economically, business-wise, you roll the dice because, you know what is he at 5 million a year, what, something like that? Uh 6 for 26. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 4 and a half million a year. It's a bargain. That's a bargain if he's anything. Yeah, definitely. And if he's not, he's tradable. Yeah, look at Alan Craig. Look so, at Alan yeah, Craig. They were able to trade him, and that was uh, looked brilliant. Right. Look at uh, Piscotti just recently. That you know was another busted contract that they signed early. Plus, they buy out some of his arbitration years, and sometimes there have been guys that have won arbitration cases for more money than we're paying to Young, and who produced a lot less. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how he produces. I like the kid. Um, I hope he's Pujols. Yeah. Um, Next year when we get Manny Machado, he'll move over. Oh, man, <laughs> I love the optimism here. <laughs> Steve-O, are you, are you already starting on a, a St. Louis Cardinal Manny Machado piece? <laughs> no, not yet. I'm, I mean, I tell you, one of the things, since we're talking, you know, player movement and whatnot, I'm still surprised that Lynn has not found a place. I'm surprised that Arietta has not, well, I mean, kind of, because I know their agent is asking for so much, and right now it's like you're looking at maybe the Nats or the Phillies or where he's going to go, but, I mean, there's so many questions that are also around the Cardinals starting five that it's like, why have we not pushed more for either one of those guys? Um, You know, the, the funny thing is we were talking about it when we were in the pre-show doing here that uh, I guess word came out that Lynn turned down a two-year, $20 million total contract, so 10 a year, which makes sense because that would be way too cheap for a guy that's going to give you a, a 200-plus innings. Um, Bulldog, you, you know, some guys, he's going to take the ball every fifth day and go out there, durable even though he's had the Tommy John. Uh, and, and he should really only be stronger this year, more so than last year. Right. Given the, the history of Tommy John surgery, it's usually about that second year these guys start feeling their groove again a little bit, mm-hmm. and their velocity kicks up even a little bit more, controls there. So yeah, I'm real surprised with Lynn, A, that the Cardinals didn't try to work something out with him, which tells me they're very high on what they got in the minors or there's something we don't know. 
Well, I, I felt even last year, like, like you said, Tommy John takes a good year to recover from. And I felt that the fans, especially on the radio, when I'd listen to the, the different sports talk shows in town, really didn't give them much of a, a shake on that. They're like, well, Lynn's not doing it, trade him now, you know, that kind of thing. And I guess by the end of the season, I figured he was going to be gone. So I, I kind of pictured him as a Met. I don't know why. I just think the Mets needed one more arm to fill in that rotation. Um, some of the other places, Minnesota and the Rangers, both kind of made sense, too. Um, and Minnesota offered him the, the two-year deal right. that he turned down. I, I don't know that he wouldn't be a bad you know, certainly would fit in the Cardinals because uh, you don't know what Flaherty's going to do. You, hell, we don't even know what Martinez is going to do, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to pay him a lot more than that for for what length of contract, he's going to want to probably a four to six year deal. I don't know if you you want to pay him fifteen to twenty for that. I know uh, for me, Lance Flynn always seems like he's laboring and pitching so slowly that it drives me well, crazy to watch him. I was at a game in <laughs> Chicago, the first time I'd ever been to Wrigley Field, and he pitched against, uh, help me out, is it Quintana? The guy yeah. that went from the White Sox to... Contreras. Contreras, thank you. And that game did not go extra innings, but it went like four and a half hours. One of those games where baseball's like, we need to speed this up, which I completely disagree with, by the way. But I was like, dude, just throw the damn ball. And of course, every batter felt like it was a full count and 10, 10 foul balls, so it went on forever. But you're right, he, he's not real fast like Wainwright's get it and rip it. You know, yeah. he's throwing it right back. Yeah, Those are my favorite. Yeah, he's like a sloth. You know, he gets out yeah. there, he's very <laughs> deliberate. But we know where he'll sign when he's done, he'll be at the DMV. Yeah, oh my gosh, don't get me started on that one. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one, by the way. Uh, I broke the group, yes. Yes, yes. No, he's uh, he's out. He he just left. He's, he's, he stands at us. <laughs> got everybody laughing and got up and left the, the podcast. Uh, Mic drop. No, yeah, I like... Lance Lynn, but I'm with you, Pat. I think he needs to speed it up for no other reason than having played the game that as a fielder, you don't want to play behind that. Yes. Okay? I don't care if the guy hits the ball, if there's contact, if it's hard contact, because the best hitters are only going to hit 300, right? But get in there, get the ball, get ready to go, keep me on my toes and active because – the hardest thing to do, the, the reason why baseball so hard, other than hit a round ball with a round bat squarely type thing, is you got to be in position, and you might not be in, you might not get any action in the game until it's two outs in the ninth inning with a tying runner to go ahead run on, you know, second and third base. Or preserving and, and, a perfect game even. You know? Right, and then there's a slicing foul, fly ball into the corner, and you got to chase it down, and you haven't done anything all day long. That's what makes it so hard. It is easy to play basketball. Mm-hmm. It's a hard sport, yes. but it's easy. It's easy to play football unless you're a kicker and you're sitting there on the sidelines. You know that's why they freeze so much. You're a ram for the last 10 or the Rams. Years. Yeah, <laughs> um, don't get me started on that one no. either. But, but so that's what makes baseball hard is because you have the mental part of it. You have to be involved, and in, you cannot take a pitch off you're in every play on mm-hmm. defense even though you're not doing anything and you got to be prepared at all times so you know from that standpoint get the ball and pitch it yeah be quick be deliberate and, and let's go but ken if you don't mind me moving this a little slight segue here on my own of course how do you feel about the the conversation now about trying to slow the game or speed the game up rather i think the beauty of it is all that, that preparation people have to do in between pitches, you know, positioning and everything. 
fans have a chance to sit there with their dads or their mothers and, and talk about, you know, nostalgia, about the game they're seeing, uh, things that would hope for in the future. And to me, it's just, it's perfectly paced now. A, follow the money. The game is not any longer. It's the commercials in between the innings, okay? Unless Skip Schumacher's at the plate messing with his damn gloves. Even that (laughs) is minimal compared to, hey, we want to run two extra 30-second commercials at X amount of dollars. Remember, they're going to pay the Cardinals, what, $1.6 billion? Okay, how do they make that up? They make that up by running commercials to pay for it because Anheuser-Busch is going to pay for this or this place US is going to pay for that, right, U.S. Right, Bank. Whoever. That's where they're going to make that money. So follow the money. Life is easy. Follow the money and you get all your answers. Sure. I don't care what it so is. So true. Just so follow true. the money. Like this podcast, you got me over because you're paying me a lot of money. Oh, yeah. All right? <laughs> if you At least that's what I told you. <laughs> I just told you he was taking us out for Mexican afterwards. Uh, we'll have to go get some uh, Nick and Elena's yeah, pizza. Yeah, Nick and Elena's no, pizza. That's pretty good. Uh, so, so take... If you want that, take that out. I don't think you mess with the integrity of the game. You know, maybe it's like, hey, well, tell your pitchers, get out to the mound a little bit quicker. Let's get the warm-ups done. You know, you only see, need three or four pitches. Even that stuff doesn't really bother me. Like the changes of calling the ball or calling the strike if they violate a clock. Or I don't even like this, you go ahead and take your intentional walk. He'll beat them with one pitch, but at least throw the pitch. Right. I don't mind... I, I, you know, I'm a purist, but I don't mind that, hey, we're going to go ahead. We're going to intentionally walk you. Just go ahead and go to the first. It's far and few between that you get the guy that, that throws it wild. It does happen. I get it. But just go ahead and, and get to first base and let's move on. Because the other thing, follow the money. If you're paying a guy $22 million a year and now you're putting – Four more pitches on him, mm-hmm. whatever it might right. be. I, I, that well, I'm fine with. I, I just it seems it, like I've seen two where managers. I'm not sure if Larusa did this. He might have. Where they bring in a guy just to face one batter and then they walk him. And I'm like, well, why couldn't the guy you just took out walk that guy? That that's always been a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I, I think baseball purists also would tell you that having a guy come in and intentionally throw balls is a bad thing. As opposed to coming in and pounding you the strike zone. You your backup catcher come in and throw balls. Without a doubt. <laughs> so get them in there and, and let's get going. But I, I don't have a problem. You Hey, you want me to solve both the money and the speed of the game? I have or an idea, but you can go first. Continue beer sales past the seventh inning. There you go. Solves everything. My idea was draw, like, have people put in, like, the 50-50 drawing and draw their name out of the hat. Come in and throw an intentional walk. <laughs> you get a one-batter contract. <laughs> I like that. Now, that would be fun. Mic drop. He's out. Costanza's out. Yeah. But, yeah, but that's one thing my friend, uh, give, a, give a plug, my friend with uh, the Wellbeing Brewing Company. Yeah, it's hard to say. I guess say that fast. But, uh, yeah, my friend Jeff Stevens, another podcast alum. Wait, do only yeah. people you know are Jeff or Steven? Yeah, you know, that seems like the, the theme of the night. Jeff Stevens, he ties it all together. Right. So, yeah, uh, you know, he was talking, he has a non-alcoholic brew. So, yeah, something like that, if you still want to have some brews and not uh, the effects of the alcohol for driving, you know, his product. So it's good. It's tasty. Craft brew, N.A., but, uh, yeah, I have to give you guys some to sample. But uh, looking at, now I lost my train of thought. I threw out a plug and... And have my notes, but uh, oh yeah, Jeff, I'll get to some funny Jeff stories. But Stephen, what uh, what about the game really captured your attention? When did you start to love the game, and and why? Uh, you know, you I think it was Jeff was talking about the baseball card show, 
And I came into it just right when there was just this perfect nexus of things that were happening off the field with baseball card collecting. That was the late 80s and uh, being really into video games and playing RBI baseball and baseball stars on the Nintendo. What about Tony La Russa baseball? That was, that was I never got into Tony La Russa oh, That was good. I still I, I want an RBI one. baseball always... machine, like arcade machine in the house. That'd be great. That would be dope. I longed for Earl Weaver baseball on the PC, which was that real stat-heavy simulated, which is really interesting because those things, I think, they, they kind of predicted fantasy sports in many ways. They did. Um, you know, and sabermetrics, really, this marriage of uh, sports plus math. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, that's when I really got into it. And, you know, and I've confessed on the show before that um, I grew up a Chicago Cubs fan, but it was only because Where's I, I listened to the- <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm all for it because those are some Fair. dedicated fans losing every year. And- we appreciate yeah. Lou Brock. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it, and, and the boos are totally fair, by the way, since this is a Cardinal show. But now, no, it's you know, it's that. I got to get props. I went to Wrigley Field last year, and it was a great experience. You know, working so closely with Cardinals players, and but growing up a Cubs fan, I hate it when they play each other because now it's like I, my mom and daddy are fighting. I claim dual citizenship <laughs> and just let me know when it's over. So. <laughs> well put. Yeah, so what about the so the cards, the stats, just uh, like those kind of nuances, you know, the fact that you can – you can succeed only seven times and still be a great player. You know, if you're hitting, hitting 300, I mean, that's quite interesting to me. Anything like that, Stephen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that was another thing that, um, I, it's so funny, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, how baseball cards are a teaching tool, but you know, you would flip that card over and you would look at these things that, you know, you and you would imagine the stories behind them. If you saw these players that had, like, these massive minor league stats and, you know, you just it, it just kind of, um, I don't know, you, you filled in the gaps. And then Tops or whoever, they would have, like, sometimes fun facts on there. Like, did you know that in his spare time, Mickey Tettleton plays the jazz flute? You know, and just <laughs> things like that. You know, they were just Is that true? totally random and bizarre. But it was, you know, it, it gave texture to the game. It brought it alive. Yeah. And, and and that was the thing that, that, you know, that made it interesting. Did you know Bob Gibson was once a Harlem Globetrotter? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, no, definitely, it definitely keeps it interesting. And, and those stories, which you, everybody's throwing out perfect segues here, looking at that. And, and at one point, and I, I forget my story, why when I first really, I guess, embraced baseball was 82 World Series. When they win, my dad's getting ready for work. It's on the TV. I'm not really paying attention. And he just went off the rails. He was so excited when, uh, when they won that. And I was thinking, wow, this is something cool. You know, I have to pay a little more attention to this because, I mean, look at how excited my dad is. So that was, uh, you know, that was that was it for me. And then, you know, looking at like baseball movies, and that's our, our next topic here. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna have Jeff go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, and then uh, then talk about your your favorite baseball movie. And I think this goes with uh, what you do on the your side project. Sure. Uh, my name is Jeff Ritter. I work. Uh, by, I got three jobs. So by day, I'm a mild-mannered bank uh, employee. Um, in the evenings, I am a not-so-mild-mannered film critic, theater critic, and music critic. 
and uh, on the weekends now I'm vi- volunteering at the Missouri History Museum in Forest Park. So I keep busy. Uh, my favorite baseball movie, well, man, I wish I'd have known that was coming because um, I got a lot of them. Uh, field of Dreams was really cool. I was at the field one time. It was actually during the strike year, and I was kind of pissed, you know. Um, and I went up there with my friend. We drove up in the same color, make and model Volkswagen bus. No way. Oh, yeah. And that was, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how well that was planned because he just happened to own that. But uh, we, we went up there and we pull in and people actually like kind of ran toward us. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I opened the door and they're like, hey, you're not Kevin Costner. I'm like, no. And like Kevin Costner, I have a British accent. <laughs> and uh, then my friend got out. And they're like, hey, you're not James Earl Jones. And he's like, no, I'm white. <laughs> but uh, we went out and we got on the field and, you know, it looked just like the movie, except for the souvenir stands that you would not have seen in the movie. Um, and the corn was, you know, pretty high by that time. It was probably August or late August, early September. Unbeknownst to us at the time, they had a, a thing where at that point when the corn was like taller than six feet, uh, eight of the guys from town would put on, you know, in Dyersville, Iowa, they would get on the old White Sox unis from 1919. They had the gloves that did not have pockets in them yet. And they'd come out of the corn. And I didn't know that. So I actually was in the corn, possibly just feet away from these guys, uh, walking out so Brian could take a picture of me as I came out. Brian Whitling, how you doing? A uh, little shout out. Um, we were standing in line to hit, and some guy from you know the farm there comes out and goes, I need everybody off the field. And we're like, oh, man, we drove all this way you know, to not get it, be able to hit. And then that's when I saw them, and I about fell over like, it's real. <laughs> and by the time I got home, like, I don't care. There's not baseball this year. Let's do baseball next year. Let's get it going. And I was revved up. So, you know, Field of Dreams is a special place in my heart, but probably my favorite is The Natural. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is just so beautifully done that I didn't know that Kim Basinger was in it till like the 10th time I watched it. I go, Dad, that's Kim Basinger. He goes, yeah, son, it was like that yesterday when you watched this too. <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot, I wish someone would have told me. But yeah, I mean, that, that movie is fantastic. I love, you know, everything about it, the old-timey, you know, barnstorming kind of era. Uh, Wilford Brimley as the the manager is in just sensational should have won an Oscar, I think for best supporting actor for that. And, uh, you know, I know in the book it ends a little differently, but when Roy hits that shot at the end of the movie and they're playing that music, you know, the only thing I've seen close to that really in no disrespect to, uh, David freeze, but when Kirk Gibson hits the shot that, uh, Jack Buck says, I don't believe what I just saw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was it. I, I got to get real quick. When you mentioned Wilford Brimley, I was in Wyoming visiting some relatives. We're driving to Salt Lake City, and I believe he lived out in that area. We're driving mm-hmm. down the highway, and I look over. It's like Wilford Brimley on the highway driving. I swear to God, it was him. Was he eating I, oats? I, he might have been, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is Wilford Brimley right there I can't on believe the highway. That's funny. There's only yeah, like 6,000 people in Wyoming anyway, so I guess the odds weren't that bad. But. I mean, maybe it was Good a guy odds. that looked exactly like him, but I could have swore. And he I might think, have lived that. That was before the internet day and age, so I couldn't just like, you know, look it up where he's where he lives or whatnot, but I could swear that. To this day, when I go to the game. I'm sticking with that story. When I go to the game, even today, I'm, I'll, you know, if the batters are swinging at crap pitches like they tend to nowadays with the strikeouts being so high, I'm always like, you're not a farmer, quit swinging at shit. You know, it's just <laughs> all the stuff he used to say in the, in the movie. <laughs> also, real quick story. I was in Pittsburgh watching a game at PNC, which is for me probably the most beautiful park I've been in. The atmosphere in Pittsburgh is fantastic. Unfortunately, the Pirates play there. But uh, <laughs> the guy sitting behind me at this particular game was the, the Pirates versus the Reds. Nobody of note on either team at that time. Um, the guy sitting behind me was talking to his kid, and he sounded exactly like the manager for Major League to the point where I had to get out a phone 
and dude like trying to take a selfie so I could actually see who it was behind me to make sure it wasn't the guys like you may run like maze but you hit like shit <laughs> <laughs> I think I can quote that entire movie that's also right so is that your movie? number three is that your movie Steve-O yeah. I, if I had to pick one I would say that one um, love love Major League love the natural um, Bob Euchre in Major League was fantastic unbe- mm-hmm. you know just something about it you know like I said I can I think I get all the quotes from there uh, Sandlot watch that every oh, time it's on yeah. right I still have not seen that um, I've seen oh bits gosh. and pieces but I'll have to I'll have to dial that have one to up admit. Um, We're getting funny looks here now. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the one I haven't seen that I've it, only bits, I've never watched it all the way through, uh, is the Tom Hanks, the girls one. Oh, uh, League, League of, of Their, their Own. own. Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. a very I've, good one. I've heard that one's phenomenal. And there's, you know, great things. Yeah, great like, lines there's no in there. crying in baseball. <laughs> that, the, <laughs> the one, what was the line? It's something like, uh, don't get the clap, you know, and the guy goes, don't get the clap. Hey, that's solid advice there, kid. You know, <laughs> you know and I, I saw that in the movies on a date and it was like just my date and two old ladies sitting behind me and I swear they were the, the sisters of Marge Simpson, you know, those great, <laughs> the chain-smoking voice people and there was just two two parts in there that always stuck out to me and to this day when I see them in the movie, I laugh every time. One of them just randomly will blurt out like, which one's Madonna? And I'm like, how do you not know? And she's like, at that point, she was the biggest female pop star on the earth and then the other one was when hanks first comes into the movie and he goes right past everybody to the urinal and just lets it flow for a good you know solid 90 seconds or two minutes she goes we paid six bucks to watch this guy pee <laughs> and i'm like i couldn't i just lost it i could not keep my myself composed at all yeah, yeah those are i mean for baseball movies i'm i'm gonna go with major league my favorite um naturals right there field of dreams you know they're all great except for major league two bad i don't news like bears. The, i don't like the bad news bears is great i love the kelly league reference i always tell kids you know i coach youth baseball for a long time and i you know some kid will bail out and i go come on rudy stein let's get hit by that pitch you know so a lot of references in there in my life uh on a daily basis i think so great baseball movies um, but I'm going to go with Major League as my favorite. Nice, Pat. Uh, easily Sandlot because I grew up in that era. Yeah, you know the setting for Sandlot. I grew up listening to Jack Buck and Harry Carey, and they had baseball on the radio in the background sometimes. And um, I remember going to the park every day, not even coming home for lunch, and just playing baseball all day with my brothers. So my childhood was a lot like Sandlot. Right on, right on. Mine, mine's going to be obscure, but I'm going to go to Stephen first. Yeah, so um, I'm going to have to bitch at Steve for pretty much naming every single baseball movie that was going to be on my list. <laughs> I did so, not name the babe. Uh, no. What about the Ty Cat movie with I'm Tommy go, Lee Jones? I'm a, I'm going to go with the uh, the Roger Maris story, 61. Ooh, that from, was fantastic. Uh, Good one. Yeah, Billy Crystal. Yeah, yeah, Barry Pepper as uh, Roger Maris and uh, uh, Tom Jane as Mickey Mayle. I mean, that was a that was a great movie, and it really tells the story and the effect that uh, you know that home run chase had on him. Um, I'm still waiting for a good fictionalized version of Hank Aaron and uh, all the stuff that he went through in the latter. Love to see that, you know, brought to the screen. Which one was that? Somewhere we get weird dropouts. 
Yeah, I would love to see something done on Hank Aaron and his chase on Got the that. babe. I think that you know some amazing you know civil rights undertones. Yeah, that. And the death threats that he got, that he broke the record in Atlanta as a black man, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 70s. I mean, come on. I mean, why is this not a movie yet? Um, at least a fictionalized version of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with 61 since Steve took all the others. You know, here's one more I just thought of. Chadwick Boseman, who's currently kicking all butt with Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, 42. He, 42. He was dynamic as hell as, as Jackie Robinson. And he came back and did... The James Brown story, and then he also did uh, the one about Thurgood Marshall. So this is like the first time I've seen him not play a, a biopic character, you know, a real person. In the Jackie Robinson story, that 42 was a great movie. Fantastic. So it looks like 61 and 42, or yeah, both fantastic. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out there with another one that is a good version. It's a good movie to me, but its veracity has come under fire recently is uh, Cobb with Tommy Lee Jones and mm-hmm. Robert Wool. I mean, I, I love that movie, but supposedly Ty Cobb, I mean, he was a bastard, but not quite as much as has been made out to be. The The biographer of that piece is kind of, there have been some really shady things that have been thrown his way. So in terms of, you know, how real it is, I don't know, but it's a good story. I will say that. I did enjoy that movie. I hadn't heard that, Steve, but I, I have read a lot about Cobb and from a lot of different sources, and I would kind of think that, a lot of the bastardism that is attributed to him is probably pretty close to the truth, but again, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> bastardism. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some, I remember, yeah, I remember something coming out uh, to go along with Steve where they were debating um, how big of ass he was. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I know I know. in Field of Dreams, they said none of us could stand the bastard when he was live, so right. screw him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a different time then, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. I'll have to go back and revisit that and, and do some more reading and whatnot. But uh, I'm going to go with Eight Men Out. Oh, oh another good one. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, and it was just... Which I alluded to and Feel the Dreams coming out of the corn. Yeah, exactly, but I didn't bring and, I, that and, I, and I was thinking of it then, but that was probably the first one that stood out before I knew who John Sales was. So John until, Sales was amazing. Yeah, film school, I realized, whoa, okay, this guy, you know, that's why I really... You know, one of the reasons I really enjoyed that movie and just, you know, the behind the scenes and you're looking at the Shoeless Joe, how, you know, he was depicted in the movie and uh, just, uh, you know, he, he kept playing hard. You know, he took some money because they were all getting screwed. But, uh, you know, and then he gets his banned from the game. I don't know how accurate that was. That, once again, that's been recently debated to where they actually, I think, like the Saber Metrics people actually uh-huh. go through it and, and said, no, he he was on the take. Oh. He might have hit you know 342 but he was he was definitely on the take so that's been there's a matt holiday yeah. 342 yeah a matt, it, oh god i love this guy man <laughs> he's on the same page as me <laughs> steve would you, do you have a comment yeah, about I'll, that? I'll, no i was just going to echo that that you know it's it's so interesting how hollywood tells you these stories and it's kind of like modern folklore you know george washington you know i cannot tell a lie did chop down the cherry tree we we adopt these things as truisms like you know shoeless joe never took money well you know the facts say otherwise and you know with ty cobb it's like he was a total jerk and supposedly shot and killed a man just to watch him die but well no maybe let's go back and and look at this so i don't know i think that's you know one of the things that's interesting also when you look at baseball and maybe because of the American roots and whatnot, it has more myth attached to it, more stories attached to it. I mean, there are, I mean, 
great works of literature that are attached to baseball that you don't find with hockey or football or or any of the other sports, not with any regularity. But baseball, I mean, that's it, it, it's uh, it's a larger than life thing, and I think that's why you know we live in such a, a great place for that in St. Louis, and that it being kind of you know the only show in town. With apologies to Blues fans, I mean, it's because it is like outside of Catholicism. I mean, being a cardinal mm-hmm. is like the most popular religion here. That's that's very true, and you know your point's well made. Every time I hear Mike Shannon, I don't think he does it as much as he used to. And he used to say, "Oh, Abner's done it again." We all know that's <laughs> Abner Doubleday didn't really invent baseball, but it's, <laughs> the myth has been perpetuated for forever. Need another tally? He was looking for the express and got the local. You know. <laughs> so Pat, right I got a question. Central. Yeah, Pat, here's a question for you. We were okay. talking about uh, Willie McGee and retired numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. Going off the movie. Jackie Robinson, 42, retired throughout baseball. Would it be appropriate to go 21 and Roberto Clemente and do the same thing? Or is he not as impactful? Uh, I mean, given that I think 7% of the major leagues now is African-American and we got a large number of Hispanic mm-hmm, yeah. Latino players. Mm-hmm. Uh, would, and, and I know from having dealings with, with Benji Molina that, I mean, you talk about Catholicism and religion of baseball. I mean... This Roberto Clemente is, they got a, in every house in Puerto Rico, has a cross and a picture of Roberto Clemente. Wow. <laughs> well, I admired him. I, you know, he played when I was uh, following, very avid about following baseball. And uh, you're right. Hispanics make up probably 50% or more of uh, baseball players now. So I'd kind of like to see that because he was on a mission to help people when he died. I think the only reason you don't see it is he wasn't a Dodger or Yankee or a Red Sox. Oh, good. He, he's a pirate. Right. Unfortunately, the, the second market tiers just don't, even nationally, they don't get the recognition. If Ken Griffey Jr. was just slightly less of a player, I don't think anyone would have talked about him because he played in Seattle and in Cincinnati. Had he ever made it to you know one of the big fancy clubs that everybody, you know, sports centers, basically New York, Boston, L.A., and then a break. And if we're lucky, the Cardinals might get on the scroll before they go to commercial. So, yeah. It's a shame, though, because I agree with you. Clemente should be retired. But but the fact that there is the Roberto Clemente Award. That's and true. And the, the fact that all the, you know, just the humanitarian work he did and, you know, a lot of these ballplayers are doing that, you know, I think that warrants it there because he was something special. He was doing that work when nobody else was, when it wasn't, uh, when it, you know, and a lot of these guys, when you talk to them about their charity, they're fully into it and they're doing a lot of great work. But there is, you know, that was a day he was doing it before. There was that tax write-off benefit and all that of having a foundation not to say that that's the motivation for a lot of these guys but yeah you just and that was a time also when guys in the offseason had to go to work um and he was was going to nicaragua he wasn't going to puerto rico yeah he was going to a foreign land and he was one of the first ones to ever do anything like that now they're all inspired by him yeah which is great yeah um so yeah i i mean i i would say yes steven what do you think about that is yes or no vote in terms of retiring Clemente's number across the league? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think you do it for Jackie because Jackie, I mean, yes, Clemente did a lot of great work. And I think that, you know, yes, uh, you know, he's being honored with the Clemente Award and everything. But, I mean, Jackie Robinson, I mean, that's that's uh, shifting the scales, you know, on a social justice level. And I think that is that is historically significant. Um Whereas, and, you know, I'm not to talk, you know, ill or to talk shit about, you know, 
I think that it's just it's not it's not on the same level, in my opinion. Gotcha. Interesting point of view. We don't agree with your opinion. We're going to mute you from here on out. <laughs> now, no, wait a minute, though. He does bring up a he good does. point. He does. It's a very good yeah. point. Because Jackie Robinson put up with so much, yeah. whereas Clemente didn't. Yeah, he was you know? accepted. But he did something exceptional. Yeah. yeah. You know? But, yeah, I, I see your point, Steve. Yeah, we have a few more topics. Is everybody good on time? Sure. Okay, cool, because I'm having fun with this, and it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, real quick, I want to thank, you know, speaking of, you know, people that just do good work out there, I want to thank Dr. Mark Holland of First Capital Chiropractic, one of the longest sponsors of this show, started from the beginning, and he's just, you know, his support, I just can't thank him enough. So as always, I'll put his information and links in the uh, show notes. Um, but uh, jumping up to the next topic, it's, uh, I guess, foul balls, or just those chances, like who has had opportunities to catch a foul ball and either has... Or hasn't. I have a couple fun stories in that regard, but I just think that's one of those fun part of the games that that usually there's a fun story that pops out. My story is tragic. Oh, if you want to no, start you that? go. Okay. Go. Well, tragic for me anyway. I was probably in junior high, almost high school, and at Old Bush, I had a friend whose uncle, I think it was, was a close friend of Marty Marion. So he always had like black box seats right behind the dugout for life. So I was sitting there kicking the, the heads of whoever I think was the Astros we were playing that game. And uh, we just got up to chase a couple of girls that went up the aisle right, right before us. I went, oh, let's go check those girls out. And, you know, <laughs> I was like I was going to get digits. I didn't even drive yet, you know. And uh, when I got back from losing them, couldn't figure out where they went. The uncle said, hey, the last guy just hit a ball right off your chair. I'm like, oh, if I wasn't thinking with my wrong head, I'd have got a ball. <laughs> Son I love it that Pat laughs. The, the, yeah, she's the, she's happy in class. She yeah. knows how I am. Exactly. And yeah. I know Aiden, your grandson, whenever Jeff is holding court. Oh, don't tell a, her this part. Have a game day. He's like so enamored by Jeff. He just, he just can't oh, wait to bet. hear what he says. He's looking at his, his dad going, can I say that? No. <laughs> not, not till you're 50. <laughs> but I have a similar story to that. And I was with a game, at a game with the Minutes, and it was right on the aisle. I think it was a lowish section. And they went to go get some snacks. There wasn't a lot of people there. It was one of those games where there was just, you know, it was kind of an empty stadium. I don't know who they were playing. Like Jeffrey's ears? Uh, something like that, maybe. And I had, like, this big plate of nachos, and this foul ball comes, bounces on the stairs next to me, and I think lands behind me, and I'm just kind of like, eh. And these people rush to it, and I just, yeah, it was like one of those slow-motion moments where I'm just eating my nacho and not, like, paying. I mean, shoot, it was, nowadays you, I mean, it may not have been a $16 thing of nachos then but it was pretty hefty and so yeah i didn't even yeah, make a, a baseball I didn't even make, a, make a move for the ball so kind of lazy and just enjoying my nachos didn't want to spill them all over the place uh, pat you want to go yeah I, I do um we used to go down to the stadium in 67 60 i was in high school the sportsman's park or bush uh bush okay Okay, so 67 would be... Right. Yeah, because Bush was 66. The cookie was, cutter yeah, remember when they opened yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, and we'd get there uh, and sit in bleachers. So we got there before they even opened the gates. And so we were one of the first ones in the stadium. We'd watch batting practice, and then we'd catch balls because there was hardly anybody there back then when they were taking batting practice. We'd get one of the balls, and we'd throw it down to Roger Maris and Bobby Tolan. And they'd sign them for us and throw them back up. And so we'd get baseballs that way. <laughs> that's fantastic yeah if only you had all those roger maris baseballs right now i know now. and we right? we played baseball with them we didn't even save them we were idiots <laughs> i got about five of them all right. my <laughs> first one 
Uh, I remember I was in Yankee Stadium. We were on the first base side, and I can remember this foul ball going up. And guys that play baseball understand the fly to the ball. So the ball's behind me. But, I, I mean, you can you know it's coming back. And I'm in the aisle, and I'm just waiting for this ball. <laughs> and everybody's about eight steps up because that's where it's going to land, right? But I can just see this ball's coming around, and there's nobody around me. And I'm here, and as this ball's getting closer, I'm getting ready to catch it. This mob of people just come rushing. I mean, they basically knocked me down getting the ball. I mean, it went right to me. Tragedy number one. <laughs> Tragedy number two almost got hit with one walking in that 0-4 game when Edmonds caught that the, the the catch. We got in there for BP and somebody I was in uh, it was in the Mark McGuire box out there, so it was like left field corner and it was BP. We were walking in, weren't even paying attention, and somebody hit a screamer like right in front of us. We actually got that. It was a Houston guy. I think I still have the ball. It has an H on it for their batting practice. Um, almost killed myself one time. Once again, bleacher seats batting practice balls coming right to me playing baseball for so many years when you catch a ball in a glove you you catch it pretty much between your finger and your thumb a little bit on the palm well I go to catch this ball I mean it's an absolute shot and I put both hands up mainly with the one in front Mm -hmm. and the ball goes through my hands don't doesn't even touch me I mean it would have been a perfect catch if I had a glove on yeah. no glove not thinking <laughs> wham right behind me almost killed me so the next time I get a chance I'm in a minor league game or I'm at the gateway grizzlies foul ball down the line foul territory I'm all alone nobody around me so I put my hands together I said there's no way I'm getting hit with this one hands together thumbs together this thing comes down hits my thumbs ow catch it clean crowd goes crazy from what i remember i think i blacked out it was so much pain wow my daughter comes running over to me excited she was i mean she had been like nine dad that was awesome i handed her the ball and immediately went and sat down with i think there were tears (laughs) rolling down my eyes it hurt so bad but the funniest story the best one of all time whenever we go to this i tell this all the time whenever we go to a game I always say, I'm not going to be that guy that tries to catch a foul ball. I'm going to let the guy in front of me be the idiot, and I'm going to pick up the scraps. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) This is great. So I'm with a buddy, not married. No, I mean, we're young. And there's another, I mean, you can see, like, right across the aisle, three seats away from us, there's a gal. She's hot. She's on a date with a dude. And and uh, it's like she has her kid. She's a single mom. She's, I mean, you can just tell. We could tell the whole story, and she is smoking hot. <laughs> so I'm talking to my buddy, and, and we keep looking over at this gal and everything. And we're, you know, I forget who was up. We were playing the Giants, foul ball. And I told him, I said, dude, I'm not going for the ball. I'm going to let it play off this sucker in front of me. I'll catch it off him. No sooner, like the next inning, foul ball straight back at us. It hits the guy in front of us, right? Perfect. The ball slows down, goes up in the air, over my hands, over my buddy's hands, smokes the hot gal right in the face. Oh. Right? Almost knocks her out. The ball comes the ball comes rolling over to my buddy I'm with. He picks it up. Oh. As a biggest move, just trying to get her, get on her good side. He takes it over to her kid, hands it to her, you know, trying to work the angle that way. 
you know, she had to leave the game. She had a concussed. <laughs> oh, but that one was probably the best one because I That's think tough. I called it. You know, like, oh, yeah. the foul wall's going to come back. The oh. sucker in front of me is going to get – his hands are going to be broke. Yeah. And I'll catch it off of him. Oh, it drilled this girl. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I was working a game as a field producer for MLB, and I was in the dugout and not really paying attention. I don't think I was texting. Maybe – I think I might have been texting with the producer, and I'm standing up, and a foul ball whoo, right over my head. And I lucked out because that would have probably killed me, mm. and uh, and I was just like, oh shit, yeah, I better I'm better sit down and duck. This is what all the photogs, you know, they're all hunched over and all that, and my dumbass is standing there and and just and you could like feel it, and it was like, oh, that was that could have been bad. Like, all right, I I need to be more careful when I'm in here. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, that would have been that been on the news. You know, echoing what Pat said earlier, I went to uh, Yankee Stadium to watch a game a few years ago, and um, the Brewers were in town. Mark Kotze was playing for them at the time, and we got there early enough for BP. Some girl from the New York, I guess, had asked him for an autograph, so he says, "Yeah, throw your glove down." Well, he, I think he was right-handed. It was a lefty glove or vice versa. He whistled and had the guy hit a ball out from uh, batting practice. He caught it with the wrong hand, signed it, and threw the glove and the and the ball up to the girl. And he's a road guy. You know, it wasn't even his home park. I thought that was really really pretty touching, really. Yeah, that's I cool. guess people do that. I don't know. I was figured that nobody talked to the road team or, you know, that kind of thing. But I thought it was really impressed. I started being a Mark Kotze fan right then. Yeah, and then. I think yeah. he retired the next year. <laughs> Steven, any stories? You know, it's one of my great sadnesses. I, I have no, you know, foul ball stories. Um, so I guess I'll have to make some. That's all right. Steve made up for it. <laughs> you know what I, I actually yeah, watch I so. guys do out in the bullpen? Those balls are going to the bullpens out there. Mm-hmm. I've watched them bring in, like, cups, like styrofoam cups mm-hmm. with a little weight on the back and a string tied to them, and they'll drop the cup down on the back of the baseball and then pick it up just a little bit and drop it again so it'll secure it, and they'll just – wheel it on up man it's awesome it's a i don't know if they still do it i think i don't think it was even at the old stadium it was at this one that i saw it so maybe when it you know first opened but yeah it was pretty and you know the the ingenuity these young guys to get these foul balls are the (laughs) actually batting practice balls were pretty awesome steven you should paint on cool sinuses like hit it here and get it put up at the uh, the stadium and the first one that hits it is yours Do we lose him? We lose Steven? Or I guess it wasn't that good of an idea. <laughs> oh, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we got you. <laughs> Sorry, you dropped it. What was that? What I missed? I said you, you should paint a, good, a cool sign for the stadium that says hit it here or something to that effect. And Yeah, um, yeah, it should. <laughs> like in uh, Camden Yards, hit it here for a free suit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's my best behind-the-scenes baseball story, and I could. Oh, here we go. And I, yeah, and I have to tell this one. So I'm working down at the stadium with the Cardinals magazine, and that was Steve Zesh and I, uh, a longtime friend of mine, Yet another publisher Steve. there. But yeah, another Steve. Put, put together a great <laughs> magazine, and at one point we we're in his seats, and we both went for the ball. Boop, bounces off our hands. Should have had your plan, Steve-O. But um, so I'm down there working for the magazine, and I said, Jeff, come on down for lunch. Mm-hmm. And so we go to lunch, and we come in, and I'm just showing him, like, hey, here's how I take subscriptions and this and that, you know, working there in college. And somebody from the Phillies comes in, and they're like, hey, hey, we need uh, – does anybody have any ideas for a trivia question? And so, you know, it's just kind of like everybody's like, I don't know. And Jeff, do you want to you want to tell us or you want to tell well, us? I will admit that I didn't know he was a Philly person. I just thought it was somebody from the Cardinals. Yeah. So I thought I'd make a little funny joke on the Phillies' expense, who was the team we were playing that day. And I said – 
How many times has Lenny Dykstra wrapped his car around a tree? Because it was more than one, so you'd have multiple choice. And <laughs> I got like just the and it was like crickets, silent. crickets. You know, the, you know, I mean, record scratch. Yeah, and these people were like, "Who is this guy? And what is he doing here?" And I'm just like, I wanted to get like. I don't know. Sh- shrink Want to like, get away? Shrink down yeah. like Ant-Man. Can we get Southwest as a sponsor here? Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah let's try yeah. for that. But yeah, it was, it was like one of those. Everybody's looking like their mouths are gaping open, and they're like looking at me like, "Get this guy out of uh, here!" And it was just like it's one of those great moments. There should have been a gong like, in that yeah. room. A gong. I was done. Where I'm secretly on the inside, just laughing my butt off. <laughs> He's still laughing just, about that. You know, it's just great. I mean, yeah, I get along with everybody there, but I was kind of like with the Cardinals magazine, where a little bit the outsiders, you know. At the time, and, I think the correct answer was two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which has Lenny Dykstra done more? Wrap his car around a tree, filed bankruptcy, or gone to jail? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Jeff just threw that out there, and it was like, Rrr. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I don't know that I would have really done anything different because I have no filter, but the first thing that came to mind, I had no idea it was a Phillies rep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's our rapid-fire round. What favorite ballpark food? Anyone who wants to go first? Pat? Oh, I just love hot dogs. I'm sorry. I'm boring. <laughs> gotcha. You, know, God, just, you go with the gor- just with, a regular hot dog or the one that I this one section where you can get that thing loaded with like all the onions and all the great things. And I think it's only like 10 bucks. So it's really not only that 10 much for more. a hot dog. Yeah. It's, it, no, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's one of those things where it's not where the regular kind of the but you're saying, of the mill hot dogs, which are kind of stale buns. You're saying they like got a ten dollar hot dog. Bucks. Something like that. Wow. It's like and they put like the caramelized onions and it's like mm. that's awesome bacon and i love my beer and hot yeah. dog all and right true st louis <laughs> Jeffrey, uh, i've got two answers to that the first one at bush is i love the loaded nacho tots which i, or I think you can only get them in one kiosk at yes bush. and i get my nachos from the same kiosk that is, go ahead that is ridiculously good and i'm sure there's no calories in that whatsoever uh the other one is when i went to baltimore to see a game which was against the cardinals and it was like a home game on the road uh oh, i'm drawing a blank now berkman when he was there with the team Went home runs from both sides of the plate, and uh, Garcia was the starter and went six, I think, and one. Uh, I had these ch- uh, seafood, like taquito kind of things. I forget what they were actually called. They were amazing. Best thing I ever had in a ballpark. Interesting. Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> in Philly? Left field bleachers, St. Louis Cardinals. Really? Yeah. And they're, I think they're also in like section 441. I walk by but, them all the time. I never tried one. Oh, my God. You got, and you can't get them fresh off the grill. You got to get them once they wrap them in the aluminum foil and throw them underneath just to put that cheese and the, you know, just everything just soaks into the bread. Let it marinate. Oh, my God. That and uh, and an ice cold Coke, and I'm golden. Matter of fact, give me three of them. Wow. So, nice. yeah, we, uh, I, I talk about that all the time. The nachos are the nachos. You know, I think you got to get j- the jalapenos for them. Yes, of course. Um, they don't do I, – I don't think they do the chili uh, cheese dogs anymore. Uh, that's always my favorite. I go to Grizzly's Chili Cheese Dog for sure. I'm, I'm a huge guy like that. Um, but Philly cheesesteak, I'm looking forward. I think last year opening day or the year before – they didn't have like the stand ready like the guy was standing there like yeah i need uh two philly cheesesteaks he goes we don't have buns hey what do you mean you don't have buns we don't have buns i go it's opening day yeah they didn't deliver buns to us fail i go the cubs yeah i go it's opening day i mean you've had six months to prepare for this i want a philly cheesesteak for 8.95 nobody could go to schnooks and and get some yeah absolutely Bring, Unbelievable. Let's bring your own. <laughs> if you get a chance, you bring your own bun, yeah. Left field bleachers behind, awesome. sits up against the fence, right? Like, you, I mean, ballpark village, you're looking at it. 
It's on my list. It, See, that's one of my husband's favorite things is a Philly cheesesteak. He's from Philadelphia area. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know that. You, you'll have holding, you've been you, holding that out for us for yeah, years. I grew up in Nazareth, so he was a Philly uh-huh. fan okay. his whole life. All What's right. his favorite cheesesteak place in Philly? Ooh, I don't know. You don't know? Well, don't here's know. the deal. Uh, Pat's and Gino's are the, like where the tourists go. If he says Jim's, you got a winner. Oh, okay. I'll All right. ask him. You'll have to find out. Okay. All right. And then Stephen Walden, what about you? You know, I'm going to cheat a little, and I'm going to say that my favorite food is just the club-level experience where you – what's more American than watching a baseball game in the summer where you are eating limitless food out of a trough? <laughs> yeah, in an air-conditioned area. That's, nice. Exactly. Yeah. Like chicken strips, nachos, brisket – you know, it doesn't matter. It's limitless. It's like, it's like Felix the Cat's magic bag. It's like there's no bottom to this. It's like just bring me food and lots of it. It's dangerous. Yeah, you took me to a game, and yeah, I just kept going. Like, oh, cookies, oh, yeah. cokes, oh, yeah. beer. It was like I felt. I mean, it was a great evening, but I, afterwards I felt kind of miserable. But I kept going. So to tell you how much I like this cheesesteak, oh, yeah. I go buy one in left field. <laughs> I'm salivating, right? Once again, fail on their part. They don't have any mayo. Oh. Right? So they so you got to go somewhere else to get mayo. So I'm walking around the whole bottom level looking for mayo. They point me to the only place in the stadium was the Hardee's Burger Bar at the very top. Swear to God. Walked to get it. And then, you know, there's some sections you can't get in because, like, the you got to have a ticket to get mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I forget where it is. You know, it's one of the club level things. Then I had to go backtrack, go all the way somewhere else, finally made it up there. I mean, it was like a 45 minute excursion just to get a packet of mayo for my cheesesteak. Hopefully, Lynn was pitching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like three pitches I missed. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I go with the simple hot dog, yeah. little mustard, little relish. Yeah. I'm going to. I do get a Gus's pretzel every time I go in. Okay. One, yeah. You have to get one of those, right? Yeah, that's a classic. Definitely. Yeah. For a buck as you're you walking in. Get them on in, the street. Yeah, yeah, get them on the street. Walk in, put it in your mouth. It's awesome. And I love the fact that they let you bring food in. That's fantastic. So we'll bring like some Cokes in, grab a pretzel, and then you're still, you know, spending some bucks in there on, on some on some treats. But for me, it's the, the white cheddar home plate nachos at the same place where Jeff gets his tots. Uh, <laughs> although it disappointed me, they used to have the chips. I think they made fresh chips and it was amazing. And then they switched to Tostitos. So it dropped it down like yeah. three notches. But uh, before it was like these fresh chips and, you know, jalapeno. I mean, and they it was art. Like the guy made it with the sour cream and everything. It wasn't could, Steve Walden art, but it was good. You know, no, yeah, nothing Steve Walden art. <laughs> Um, but, you know, an extra four bucks if you want to get chicken, but good, you know, best value because I think it was like 10 bucks and two or three people can eat it and, and feel good. So, you know, yeah, that's my favorite. One of my favorite experiences I've had at the new stadium was actually outside the stadium at the uh, the Hall of Fame Club. Uh, Ken and uh, Miss Pat's uh, son, Eric. I think it was Eric. Yeah, that was a us. great experience. It was, it was for his birthday. Okay, it was so Eric's birthday. Happy birthday, Eric. Uh, Ken and our friend Tom it's coming up soon and uh, myself we went there and we got the tour of the Hall of Fame and we went out on the balcony for after we got our food and uh, nobody else showed up on the balcony that day so we had the entire balcony and our waitress basically to ourselves she was probably bored because none of us are really heavy drinkers but uh, the game went like 
14 innings, 15 innings against the Pirates. And, and we wound up going from that club into the stadium. I right, guess our ticket yeah. got us into the stadium. And we uh, we sat down and Wong hit a home run and we got back yeah. up. And it got you into the Hall of Fame Museum. Yeah, yeah. and that was and that Great was Hall of Fame, by the way. amazing. Yeah, the, the Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum. If Listeners, if you haven't been there, it's an incredible experience. Check it out. And once again, and I love this, I love this group. Another segue. We have two more topics. Okay. Um, Cooperstown. Looking at, I have not been to Cooperstown. I know Jeff has. I have. Steve, have you been there? Have not. Whoa. But I have. Have not. Okay. Pat Just has. this past summer. Stephen Walden, have you been to Cooperstown? I have not, but I heard that it's a great place to go on uh, Hall of Fame weekend to sell some art. So who knows? Maybe in the future. And that's fantastic. Maybe it's a road trip here because uh, Mr. Flowers has not been there. Jeff would go again, and uh, <laughs> definitely I would love to go. And, yeah, that's fantastic. I'm sure you could, yeah, just go gangbusters with your art there. I mean, what a crowd. Uh, tell keep, us, Pat, tell us what would you love about Well, you know, I keep hearing about the uh, unknown soldier, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and how quiet it is mm-hmm. and everybody whispers. Well, that's how I felt at Cooperstown. Uh, I guess because I love baseball so much, but it just felt special. And everybody is so polite and so quiet mm-hmm. and, and just walking around mesmerized by all the plaques and reading them. It was an incredible experience. And, it, you know, I dreamed about that my whole life, making it up there. And so uh, this summer I was there with my son and my grandson and my sister and my daughter-in-law. It was a lot of what fun. What an amazing experience. Jeffrey, what, did you go in a in a VW uh, bug or a bus as well? Or <laughs> no, what, how did you get that there? trip was a Toyota Prius. Um, <laughs> I, I had gone to Jersey for uh, to visit a couple of friends who were big baseball nuts, so we went to Philadelphia to see them play the A's. We went to Baltimore for the Cardinals. We went to Yankee Stadium against the uh, Brewers. And then we saw the subway series between the Yankees and Mets at uh, Shea, or not Shea, I'm sorry, City, City Field? City Field. Thank now. you. Yep. Uh, we made it to Cooperstown. So this all happened in like six days. I went to four games That's in Cooperstown. Uh, Cooperstown, when I got there, like Pat said, it's even the city is quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like downtown St. Charles, like the Main Street area, except all the shops sell baseball stuff. Uh, which is fine with me. <laughs> and then uh, we went in. Uh, the building is very stately. Um, once you get in, though, you... I mean, I, I was there all day, and I don't feel like I really saw everything. I'm sure I glanced at everything, but there's just so much to see. So much minutia, too. I figured it'd be all, and rightly so, Babe, Aaron, Maze, Mantle. I think this is the first Maze and Mantle references that you've even had tonight. Um, but I was... No, I think you said you, you might hit, like, or run, uh, like run like maze, maze but hit you like hit like shit. Like shit. Right. So we had that reference. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, there, there's so much minutia. Like there was a scouting report up there for Johan Santana suggesting he maybe should be a pitcher because he wasn't that good in the outfield. He was being scouted as a hitter. That is fantastic. There was uh, the the gloves, the batting gloves that Fernando Tatis wore when he hit two grand slams oh, against Sadeo yes. Nomo in the same inning, which is unheard of. Um, so much paraphernalia from people I would not expect. There's a picture of Maguire and Canseco on the wall because of the things they did in their careers, which they're not in the hall and likely never will be, although Mark's still not off the ballot. But I was floored to see that, you know. Um, all the all the different hats that Nolan Ryan wore for all of his no-hitters. And Nolan That's Ryan, cool. to me, they should rename Cy Young Award to him. I mean, he, the things he did was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's almost too much to take in in one visit. You almost have to kind of let it digest and go back again and see it again. But the, yeah. the hall of plaques where all the, the legends are yeah. and you actually can read all that, mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty crazy i've teared up a couple times just looking yes. at like guys like Jastrzemski. never watched him play except on tv but i appreciate what he did to the game you know yeah. johnny bench you know so many guys 
And people Steve, I never I'm heard of. I'm surprised that you've you've never been there. A guy that's played, no. a guy that just loves baseball. First and foremost, it's hard to get there from here. It's a little bit of a walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't. I don't even know if there's a way to get there. So yeah, I guess where you fly into uh, into like LaGuardia or something. You probably a, fly or, into or Syracuse, Newark, I would or, guess, yeah. maybe Syracuse. Okay, Buffalo even. Um, but you know what? I've never been to the closest thing I've done is I went to see. I think it was at the History Museum, the NFL Hall of Fame exhibit, when it came into St. Louis a couple years ago. Um, but no, haven't been to Canton, haven't been to Springfield, haven't been to uh, Cooperstown. Um, I was at the Bowling Hall of Fame. Of, yeah, of, I got of kicked out of the Bowling Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did make it to not there. Surprised. No, but, not surprised. Yeah, I, you know what? I guess I kicked myself not even thinking about. Um, you know, back in 2002 when Ozzy went in, as far as going up for that. That would have been an incredible you know, trip. Looking back on it, I guess you just get kind of wrapped up. Uh, one kid, uh, another one on the way that you just don't – probably wasn't the right yeah, priority and, yeah. and didn't even think about it. You know, matter mm-hmm. of fact, I don't even think I watch it on TV. Yeah. yeah I, I still don't, don't – maybe I did, but um, – and coaching that, and everything that should, else. Yeah, like that, that should have been something that I went to, but uh, eventually I'll make it up Maybe there. when Yachty goes in, that'd be cool. Well, I, I figure I'll be part of the family by then. There you go. <laughs> so, well, we got three years. He'll probably continue to play, right? Yeah. And then I mean, another five. He's in five. great shape, yeah. It's, I mean, so, it's going to be a while, but that's yeah. all right. So 10 I years from up. now. Yeah, I can save up for it. Nice, nice, nice. I want to check out the um, Negro League Museum. I would love to do You've that. Been, have yeah, you been Kansas there, City, right? I've been there. It's that I want to check list. out because there's such amazing history there and these guys that you just wonder how that would have changed the face of the game had they oh, been given an opportunity. There were guys that were probably better than Babe there. But yeah, Satchel Page and, yeah. You know, cool Papa Bell. Yeah. Oh, man. So James Earl Jones. Yeah. Is he in the hall? <laughs> oh, in Sandlot. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see Sandlot. I'm still the oddball out on that. Yeah, one. you are. He's, nice. He's great in Sandlot. That's adorable. So this will be our, our, I guess, final thoughts, and this has just been fascinating. I'm just having a good time talking baseball, and we're hitting all these different subjects and whatnot, so it's been been a lot of fun. But we'll just get back to more modern times. And just any thoughts that uh, or any expectations or, or, or what do you guys look forward to this, this baseball season for the Cardinals or, or the league in general? Uh, can I tell you what uh, concern I have? Yeah, of course. Um, another segue. Uh the designated hitter. I don't want to see that come to the National League, and I hear that it's going to. I You must have been listening to the show one of the day, <laughs> because I am a baseball purist, but I am ready for the DH in the National League. I'm done with watching pitchers hit. They, they, they took it out of their hands years ago. These guys don't work on the craft. It's uh, pretty much a guaranteed out. It, it's the same thing as the, the pitching the four balls. Um, okay, I get it every once in a while. Except when it's Wainwright. Well, yeah, but that's one guy out of yeah. 200 pitchers that are out there. Free you know? Jason Marquis. So maybe yeah. you let Wainwright bat, although he well, I mean, was he, injured, but maybe you he, have a guy like that that yeah, he's your yeah. DH Once again, game. follow the money. you got yeah. a guy that you're paying $22 million a year to throw a baseball. The last thing you want him doing is up there exposed to a baseball being thrown to him at him trying to run to first trying to leg out a single that's important or maybe not important blows out the achilles mm-hmm. whatever it might be so i'm done with it uh i'm okay with it i've come to grips with it i don't necessarily care for it but 
bring the DH in and let's be done with it. Because the, at the end of the day, I think that's one of the things that the Cardinals probably looked at when they got rid of Pools. Is mm. what is he going to be in five years? Yeah, yeah. And you talk about buying a Gibby jersey and a Stan Musial jersey, and by all accounts, Albert Pujols is going to be way better than those two guys, to st- statistically speaking. And he's no longer part of our community after we had him for 11 years. Yeah. Breaks my heart. I think it was a terrible business decision, not baseball decision. I think it was a terrible business decision to get rid of him because paying him $250 million over the course of 10 years and to have him for the next 60 years involved in your organization would have made up for that tenfold. Nobody's buying Albert Pujols' St. Louis Cardinal jerseys. Do they even make them anymore? I don't, yeah. Even if they made them, or even if you would custom make them, nobody's going to buy them. But I guarantee, had he stayed here yeah. for his entire career, they would have sold them every year by the truckloads. He would have had the bookend statue next to Musial. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Do you think the designated hitter should be in the Hall of Fame? Are you okay with like yes. Poppy or, or yes. Edgar Martinez? Yes. It's part of the game. These guys, once again, to do what they do, very, very difficult to sit on. And you yeah, talk to no most doubt. baseball players, they will tell you, I can't. I have a hard time hitting if we're up first. Um, you know, the guy, the guy that's a number two hitter on the on the road team. You know, I would love to see what his stats are because if the first, would the first guy doesn't get on, you know, because yeah, you're just not into the flow of the game. Even for me, I like to be on defense and maybe get a ground ball because it feels like you're into the game then. Um, designated hitter, man, that's a tough position. And those guys, hats off to them. But, yeah, I think they should be in the hall. Fair enough. I don't know that how I feel about that exactly either way. I, I agree with all the points that were made, though. It is going to come down to a money decision. It's protecting your pitcher like they do in the NFL with their quarterbacks. You know, it's all basically about that. Um, I do kind of see the point that a lot of the – I think the beat writers have where they're not playing the field. So we got guys out there – you know, Chili Davis or whoever that, you know, was a pretty good hitter and, and but also played the field. Uh, should he be any more or less? You know, then again, I look at Jim Edmonds. Uh, to me, he should be at least in consideration. He was one and done on the ballot. That blew my mind. Defensively, I don't know if he was Ozzy for center field, but he was pretty damn good. Um, you know, that alone I thought should have got him more consideration than one time through the ballot. Yeah, interesting thoughts. And, and, it's, and you look at guys like that just to, to expand on the Edmonds thing. Does a guy not being a personality hurt him? I thought Jimmy had plenty of personality. Um, I wonder if people short shifted his defense because he played so shallow all the time. Maybe like he made it look harder. But hell, if he didn't come been. through, somebody would have, a manager would have said, "No, play your ass back there," like Willie did, and get you know. Yeah, I, I think I think you probably yeah. get his personality more than others. I get it definitely. I've I've talked to him several times. Um, been a at, blank slate. Talked to Matt Holiday. Yeah, been, been at events where he's he's been a speaker but I, I just didn't really see his personality shine like the youthful exuberance that you would want out of a player you know when you when you talk to him you know when you see him as a fan but should that interaction really be part of the criteria for the hall I mean well, you're talking about those are the guys voting for you but they the keep writers. voting for bonds and I mean I know his numbers on paper look like they do but we all know most of that stuff was you know augmented so I guess it's that's another question, though. Do you are you okay with steroids getting? I'm, I'm. I think, and this is my opinion. 
I think from a certain period to a certain period, you put an asterisk, and I believe that everybody did some sort of performance-enhancing drugs. Every Griffey. body. Thomas. Griffey. Ozzy Smith. Ozzy. Um, Mickey Mantle was always drunk. You, you name it. And Mike Schmidt was using greenies in the coffee or something. I will tell you that I went to, I played at a small, a very small NAIA college, and it was so prevalent in my fraternity house amongst non-athletes, I wish I would have done it. Had it bought and paid for, had I been drafted, I would have juiced. Guaranteed, 100%, no ifs, no ands, no buts. I would have gone to rookie bar ball. I would have come back and immediately done at least one cycle of steroids, and there's not a doctor out there that would, could tell me that it wouldn't have done me better. Now, you start stacking them, and you get the side effects of it, but a cycle of steroids, six shots of DECA, tests, nothing but greatness for you. Hmm. Put on 25 pounds of muscle, absolutely everybody I believe took steroids, and like, they would like have the Lance Armstrong is claiming everybody did it, and oh, without a doubt, yeah, it's it was commonplace. If it was commonplace in NAIA baseball, it was commonplace at the highest level. And I've seen guys' bodies change. Guys that I went to high school with that played in the minors, and you say, "Hey, come on, bro, you ever juice?" No. So Kirby Puckett was juicing, without a doubt. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Absolutely. They're just juicing like soda if, or something. If, They're getting so heavy. If for nothing else, remember, it wasn't necessarily for what McGuire and Conseco and Bonds did. A lot of it was for recovery. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it was lost muscle, isn't it? it? A lot of it was just to feel better. No different than the uppers did, the greenies and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. the caffeine, cocaine, the cocaine, what, whatever mm-hmm. it might have been. The if you can. If you wake up now, and I mean, I mean, I'm only mid 40s. Even in my mid 30s, I didn't feel great. I didn't hop out of bed like, man, I can't wait to go play nine innings in a hundred and five degree, hundred and twenty five degree <laughs> astroturf, right? All right. So you telling me that pills or a shot that I'm taking every couple of weeks? I mean, these guys talk about it with the the low T out there, right? They're on now. It's not the anabolic type stuff. But they take that, they get that testosterone shot. These guys feel great. It's I, would, a, I mean, I, I've had doctors tell me that, um, God, what's the drug I'm thinking of? Um, Viagra? No. It, it's, <laughs> it, 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 w- w- anyway, long story short, that <laughs> it's like it's a fountain of youth. A human growth hormone. Oh, HGA. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. HGA. It's, it's a fountain of youth. And it's, it's banned. But you don't, you telling me. That you wouldn't that you wouldn't want a little HGH H and and feel great. I'll take ten cc's of stem cells right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, Stephen Walden, any final thoughts? Anything you're looking forward to in the in the season? I, I mean, to go back to the Cardinals and see what's going to happen with their pitching rotation. You know, how does how does Adam hold up over the season? Does he move to the bullpen? Um, how does Reyes perform? Um, do we really have five legitimate starters? You know, how does uh, Miles Miklas, how does he do? He hasn't looked super promising in spring training. Um, so it's like, and I think that's where it all starts is the pitching. So I'm I'm just really curious about that. And then also, if things don't hold together, what is the fate of Mike Matheny with you've got Okendo mm-hmm. on the sidelines? You know, maybe he doesn't want to be a, a, 
a big time manager, but then you've also got Stubby Clap. Yes. So it's like I'm, Terry, Terry Pendleton would be a candidate too. Brian I'm Jordan, sorry? Terry Pendleton, and Brian Jordan could both be candidates too, for that matter. Oh, oh, excellent! Yeah, so it's like I'm curious. How do those storylines spin out over the course of the season? And that's what keeps it interesting, I think, you know, those questions. Well, Definitely. Let me make a prediction, if I may. I, uh, You know, being a Cardinal honk, of course, at home, I would love to see them get to the World Series again. Uh, I would love to see them play my tribe. The Indians would be my dream matchup. And I don't know which way I'd go, to be all honest, in the Game 7. Whoa. But Whoa. my prediction this year is if we get there, I think it'll be Houston again. That team is loaded. And it'll be an interesting story to see Mosaic on one side, uh, Jeff Loon now on the other, you know, with the FBI thing, you know, and the hacking uh, incident. And, you know, he, he when he was with us, now was responsible, I think, for the drafts of guys like Kobe Rasmus, who didn't turn out all that well. But he's figured out the formula, and he's got a hell of a team now. So, First and foremost, if you don't change your password. Yeah. Okay, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, password that's, 12 that's, is a lousy well, password. Yeah, regardless, okay, it's like having – a bank at midnight. If I leave here and I go walking by a bank and you look in and the doors are wide open and the vault's there and there's money and just because there's cameras, you're not expecting me to go take it? Really? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Shame on you, bro. You should be able to find a Richard Nixon mask somewhere that yeah, hour, right? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the, the, the same password. Right. <laughs> that guy should either get fired or he should have to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, that's... For being stupid. For being stupid. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But the guy that did that, he's in jail, right? Yeah. Our guy, yeah. And that's stupid. Come on. Yeah. It's a little overkill. I mean, it's not hey, like he was selling hey, the deal. You know what? His his It was password 12 when he was here. Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm just going hey, to screw around screen. with this. It's not like he was, and then like, hey, guys, guys, uh, Yeah, look, look. look at this. <laughs> well, it wasn't like he was hacking Clinton's emails for the selling to the Russians or something. Exactly. Um. Hey, and what dad always say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? <laughs> Be better. Governor Jesse Ventura had that line quite a bit. Yeah. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Yeah, absolutely. And that's no different than stealing signs, right? These guys do it. You don't go to jail for stealing signs. Come on. Jim Edmonds was a hell of a guy for finding tells and pictures and stuff. Exactly. All right. Anything else? Any last thoughts? Anybody? I hope Waka pitches better. I've always liked him. And, you know, he's been a little bit of a disappointment for us. So. Yeah, fit. I heard that Gregerson got a little gimpy today. I didn't see or hear about much of it, but I, oblique, oblique, Ooh. minor oblique, which obliques are never good. They linger. Yes. So it, I think Stephen mentioned it before. Who's going to come out of the bullpen as the closer? Is he is he on the team, or is it going to be you know? Two, I can never say his name. Tiavila. I'm not uh, sure. Tulia Vila or yeah. whatever it is. But the uh, guy we picked up in the trade, Dominic Leone from, from from Toronto, right? Yep. He, you know. From what I've seen in the spring, he looks pretty sharp. Bernie was talking about that this morning. Dominic Leone uh, likes him, uh, which upsets me because he went and like in the last round for two dollars in my fantasy baseball draft, and I had left already because my roster was full. Mm-hmm. So, if he makes it to closer, that's a. I'm also looking forward to taking trips to both Memphis and Springfield this year because I'm awesome. going to try to follow like Ardolis Garcia a little bit. That dude is a tank, man. Okay, so here's the thing on that. He is actually on my minor league fantasy baseball roster. Okay. I can't find him. In a, he's not listed in their top 30. But wow. all I keep hearing about, he's a monster. He, he stands in center field looking like a Sequoia. I mean, he's huge. And uh, the game I saw, I think it was the first weekend of spring training on TV, uh, they showed him. He had thrown a, the ball to the wrong base against That's the Mets. One, two. And uh, hi, Steve. You're still there. 
and uh, we uh, they showed him in the in, is that Ken? <laughs> I hear no one. That's weird. no. We dropped the call and just okay. brought him back. <laughs> um, anyway, so they uh, they they threw the ball to the wrong base, and you know after the inning was over, they they kind of kept the feed going a little bit. So Chapman or I, I call him Chapman all the time. Garcia comes back into the dugout. McGee is standing there, Akendo, and somebody else. Forget the other guy. Maybe it's Mabry, and uh, so they're all talking to him. And he was very like, "Yes, sir," you know, very responsive and, and, and listening very closely to what their coaching was. But I couldn't help but notice he was like a head and a half taller than Willie McGee, and Willie is not a small guy. He's oh. he's pretty tall. So I'm like, this guy. We we haven't seen a cardinal like this. Maybe even Albert is not as big as this guy. It's just in terms of sheer size, you know, which is intimidating. We don't have anyone in our lineup now that intimidates anybody. You know what? Can we keep going, or are you going to cut us off? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, uh, I only have 14 minutes left on the card. This may be a two-parter. No, no, no. Well, it, I'll... It's good. You need more sponsors for the rest yeah. of this? <laughs> one of my thoughts, and Pat, I'm going to go dark here, and maybe you can help me out with this. I think one of the things that really turned our Cardinals into what we've seen lately is losing Oscar Tavares. Yes. Yeah. Who would... uh, and nobody – I don't think we get enough play out of that. I, I mean – that all of a sudden that was a that was a pretty big deal uh for cardinal nation for for our future to lose that guy right as he's yeah you know breaking into mm-hmm. the big leagues he was the plan mm-hmm. yeah well he was fun to watch too um it kind of reminds me of when daryl kyle mm-hmm. wasn't yep he died and the team seemed to have was issues it, dealing was it josh kinney who was the other one that got josh kinney yeah yeah and so we no, said, Josh Hancock. I'm Hancock, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Josh yeah. Kenny. You're fine. Yeah, <laughs> you're still alive. I think. Breaking news. Yeah, I agree. Though that really hurt our future. You know, he would have been. Well, it's he would have been of, an Albert Pujols. And how long ago was that? Now, like four or five years. For, well, the next year we got um, Hayward. Hayward. Yeah. So we had a mortgage. Yeah. You know, some of our guys for Hayward. Yeah. And uh, it's affected Carlos Martinez. Stayed one year. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah, and he's one and done. And then you mm-hmm. have to mortgage for Dexter Fowler, you know, to sign yeah. for Dexter Fowler. And, you know, so all of a sudden, the domino effect of that mm-hmm. is you, traumatic. You played ball, right, Steve? Yes. When I've been watching some of the stuff lately, I keep hearing about Tommy Pham's attitude. And to me, it's refreshing because I don't remember hearing many Cardinals that were that vociferous lately. I think there might be well, vociferous. Well, it's a word that's of a, the day. That's I learned that word one. from Mrs. Minutes, uh <laughs> English class, by the way. Nice. Um, <laughs> But the uh, the other one I was thinking of is Chris Carpenter. When he was around, you couldn't lollygag around Chris Carpenter. You know, he, he called out Brendan um, Ryan. 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 Ryan on yeah. the field, like, Furthest, dude, yeah. act like you've been here before. And Tommy <laughs> Pham comes in with all these millionaires reading their, their stock options and stuff out of the Wall Street Journal. He's like, hey, there's a baseball game. You guys going to play this or what? You know, I like the attitude. Mm-hmm. But, but is, it, is, it, is, he, is he a throwback? Is, it, is he past his, his era now for that kind of attitude? Um. I don't know. I, I mean, barking at guys is one thing. Um, obviously, I think you need to earn that. Um, has he earned it? He's always had talent, but hadn't been able to put. Now he can see the ball. So. Now he can see the ball. You know, now all of a sudden, is that it? Now, the one incident that I remember last year, he did something. He barked at somebody running, and, and every, every, they made a big deal about it. And they thought it was a, a gesture towards, like, Yachty. And from Yachty, he said, no, he was barking because Carpenter couldn't score on, like, from first on a double, like Who, a stand-up. Who's a, ba- a horrible base runner. A horrible Matt base Carpenter. runner. Oh, my God. So, Akendo's going to fix that this year. I hope so. Well, he's got back issues. He might might, might not make the lineup. Um, but anyway, long story longer is that 
it was it appeared to be something that it wasn't. But yeah, I mean the guy wants to get paid. Um, the contract talks aren't there. You see Rodney DeYoung get the contract. Yeah. You, you, you know, all of a sudden there's some things going on. Is there a, a chip on his shoulder? Maybe. From a fan's perspective, you want him to, hey, shut up and go play. You'll get paid. They've paid everybody else. Why aren't they going to pay you? I always liked the mouthy guys, though, growing see, up. See, I'm you with know. you, Jeff. You I know, like Show him some too. passion. Yeah. You know? And uh, the other guy I was looking at this year is uh, Luke Voigt at first. He, he, you know, there's something he, about him. He hit pretty good in spring. I don't think they got plans for him. I don't I think, think they do either. But I I'm think he's the odd man out. Because Martinez, I mean, we don't know like like Ardolis Chapman, or, or I said it again, Garcia or uh, Elamides Diaz last year. Looked great for a year and then nothing. We don't know what Young, you said that before, what DeYoung's going to do. I don't know that Martinez is, I mean, he's never really been a regular before. And, you know, uh, Jed Jorko, who no one talks about at third base this year, uh, hasn't really played full-time you know very much lately he's kind of been a super sub but found a spot over there when they got rid of the Peralta experiment last year um I, I think there's a lot of question marks on the Cardinals team yeah. and the Cardinal fans as you know are, are so legendarily loyal to the team they'll overlook that kind of thing I just I wish they would do a little more soul searching I guess to go you know we got question marks in almost every position Perfect. This year. and I love that and I'm going to segue that to one more thing cool. Mandis, I'm, I thought about this one on the We're way over 10 more minutes on the car I wanted so a, I want would you guys rather have St. Louis Blues which is competitive every year 26 years in the you know when they had that streak right. in the playoffs every year or would you rather have the Florida Marlins where they're dog crap but they won you two world championships what do you want oh that's a tough question there's your million dollar question. That's tough. That, now I, that will tell me what kind of fan you are see, right I, now. I respect integrity. I think I would rather have a team that's always competitive and never wins. I could go 100 years being a Cubs fan, like Steve's had to. Uh, not that you're that old, Steve. Um, but, you know, having to spend all that He's time. He's a Highlander. Yeah, having to watch all that, that garbage baseball for so long. But you win one finally. Where I don't really have any respect for, was it Loria? Who was the, the owner yeah, of that? Yeah, Jeffrey. Who right. goes oh, out. Bill Laurie. Bill, Bill Laurie. Yeah. No. Jeffrey Loria, wasn't it? The guy in Miami. The oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. But he goes out and buys all the, the you know, he, he trades for, for different guys. Was Piazza was there, I think, for a minute and some other guys. And they put it together somehow under Jack McKeon at like 89 years old, which is incredible. <laughs> and, uh, and then the next year, it's a complete fire sale, just like this year. You know, uh, we, we're not complaining. We got Ozuna, the best left fielder in baseball right now. Uh, wouldn't mind of having Stanton either, but Stanton and Judge is Mantle and Maris all over again. Um I think I would go without a world championship if I had to. I mean, look at wow. I'm, I'm used I'm used to seeing no cup in St. Louis with hockey. So all right, Pat, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you can ditto Jeff. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm very much like that. And I'm still waiting for my Blues. I've been a Blues fan since they moved to St. Louis, and I had season tickets back yeah. in '67. So I'm still waiting for them, and I I can wait a long time. I admire Cub fans because they love the game, they love their team, and it didn't matter whether they won. I I think that's awesome. Not to stick on the ice too much, but Eiserman killed us that one year, and ever yes. since then I've hated Detroit. Hate. Even though there's not much of a rivalry now, yeah, God, I still hate I'm the damn Red Wings. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Man, that's tough because, like I said, that 82 story where my dad was going crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. there's something about winning that championship. And you may, like, you have these eras. So if you get one championship per, per era, I think that's good. Then, I mean, yeah, I don't know the Blues. Every year you think, like, this is going to be their year, and then we're always disappointed. So I think when you get one, like, for Cubs fans, it's just like, okay, it quenched that thirst. 
uh, a little bit. You know, you may you may be thirsty for another one, but at least you you had that cold drink, that cold frosty one. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'll probably link. I don't know. It's exciting when we're competitive, but it's just like it's just over the top when you have the parade and everything. So I think I'm gonna side with you and just take the championship. Oh, I'm not doing that. I want to be competitive right here. Oh, year. okay. Well, <laughs> Fake out I'm with them. them. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm with to them. My guns. I'm with them. I, okay. I, I want. I want to be competitive, which then goes into. Guess what? You're going to be this year. You're going to be competitive. Right. You probably don't have a shot at a world championship. You're not beating the Yankees. You're not beating the Astros, well, again, even if you get there. But things. But you're happen. fun but to watch. Could but. I want to be able to go to the game. I want to be excited about going to the game. I want to be entertained when I go to the game. If they don't make it, oh, okay, I guess, you know, yeah. there's, what, 29 other teams that didn't yeah. make like, it. And then you fire you know. sale. Then if you, you know, I guess with the Marlins, and you fire sale well, all your guys and don't I look get at that the, excitement. I look year. at the Dodgers. Every year the Dodgers are supposedly the, the favorite for all the media people. And if they're fa- facing us in the playoffs, even if we don't go past the second round, <laughs> well, Clayton Kershaw is 0-2 that, that series, you know. Yeah. So, um, you, money can't buy a championship, but you can definitely buy a comp- competitiveness. And True, I'm, we're we spend enough in the, as a small market, I think, to be competitive, even amongst the bigger but players. We, but we have had enough. But we have the cardinal way, com- you know, being competitive without right, like just don't mortgaging bring, and buying all that. Don't bring up those terms. I'll ask more questions. You know, like <laughs> right. is the cardinal way is that done? Is no. the is the is the, the way is hey I'm the, gonna take the hometown discount I want to be I want to be with the BF, that's done the best fans in baseball is that done name the last big time free agent that we signed here free agent was Berkman a signing I don't know but he probably wasn't yeah yeah he was kind of the tail end of his yeah. career Fowler's not a big no. time I'm talking yeah. where's have you ever signed a Stanton Jack not, Clark <laughs> he was traded wasn't he and then signed I thought yeah. we I thought we picked him up did we trade for him. I'm not I don't sure. know. Steven, what do you think? What do you like, championships or the competition? So how long would I be, like, I'm thinking of this like a Rumpelstiltskin thing, so how long would I have to forsake? You ready? Like, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm gonna go to Sandlot forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I get one championship? None. You either get a championship or you get but, competitiveness, but you never win. You know, um, I've been a Cubs fan since 89, and the suffering made the success that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a little vague. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's I'll exact... take the championship. I'll take the championship. Really? Good, I'm not yeah, the only one out. <laughs> will... He was sweating, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, will take, I will take a championship in my lifetime over com- being competitive for however long it's going to be because – then you have the memory, you have the legends. I mean, that stuff that stuff persists for, you know, at least two or three generations. So does the disappointment in the blues. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wrap this cookie show up All here. All right, well, guys, can't thank you enough. This was fun. This is uh, one of those Joe Rogan-length podcasts. But, uh, yeah, well worth it. So thank you for being here and thank spending you for having us. some time. Great time, great time. All right, yeah. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. We'll figure out a, another theme, or maybe we we'll talking next year about. We can do the an All Star break one and see where, where we're at on this. Yeah, maybe so. This is a lot of fun. So thank you guys, and uh, thank you listeners for checking it out. Here comes the king. Here comes the big number one. But wiser beer, the king is second to none. 
Just say, but wiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of beer, so lift your glass, let's hear the When call. Say, but, but wiser beer's the one that's leading the rest. When you say, but. And beachwood aging makes it beer at its best. When you say, but. 